I got fucking TMZ guy here. All I don't know why we're in the like the heavy traffic corridor. What am I in Burbank at George's house? We in the, in the flight path? <laughs> Who's in that whirly bird? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Tarzan? <laughs> that's Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder's here. Blue Thunder's here. <laughs> People ask me, I say that's a Daniel Stern movie. <laughs> <laughs> Put on the whisper switch. That's <laughs> also got a copter in it. Featuring <laughs> Daniel Stern and a copter. Roy Shada and a chopper. <laughs> I like to call him Roy Chopper. A robot chopper. Shides was the shit. So good, always. It was. It's even good in that. <laughs> yeah, he's good at fucking everything. He never shits the bed, Shides. Yes, you are at Ear and Loathing. You know, I did a lot of complaining last episode about you guys sort of like infiltrating my my little sanctuary here. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this place was, mm. was just crawling with Gitmos last time. <laughs> but now I have to admit, <laughs> yeah, I feel lonely. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I unholstered that one. <laughs> yeah, that was that was way in the back. You had to reach all the way smaller your back for that one. <laughs> Ankle holster. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, here we are, ear and loathing, episode sixty-three, and uh, it happens to be a dog who is in the torture chamber today. You got that right. That's right. And uh, I guess we should just get rolling here, um, and let's introduce the boys to the to the audience, and uh, we will start with the foxiest media darling of all time. Why don't you say hello? I'm George White, and I just remembered that Bacardi rhymes with party, and my love affair with rum will continue. <laughs> and your love affair with rum will always be yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Thank you. Why were we in advertisement? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, of course, we have now calling back from the North Star. He just, you know, he he walked all the way back to the North Star. He just got in this afternoon, as as I've been informed. And uh, he's my North Star, he's George's North Star, and he's all the pirates drinking the rum North Star. Why don't you say hello? Barringa! Lordy, lordy, guess who's 40? I mean, 53. (laughs) 40? You in the past? (laughs) 52? You're you're 40? You look great. (laughs) Jesus, you look great for your age. It's a fun... I I saw that on a... Uh, Hallmark card stations and it's such a dumb th- lordy lordy guess who's 40 <laughs> somebody got that and it was paid a wage for putting what, that together what, right it was like is a blank it? card with that on it good job Gary good. hey good job Craig is that next to the one that's got like um all your candles on a birthday cake and then, and then like a fire hose has to put it out oh right yeah, yeah. yeah. so fucking old it's like this it's like the Mr. McCammons is calling and say, hey Brad so you fucking done with this job or what like you don't you what you call him mr mccannellis what's his name i don't know mr mccavendish you said it last time (laughs) mr mccavendish mr mr mr. mccavendish (laughs) (laughs) 
At uh, least, at least Brad and Craig got paid one time. <laughs> I I answered an ad uh, to to write for a greeting card company, and so they said, "Send us some samples." I must have sent them like three dozen fucking great. Sl- I'm I'm assuming they just it was a scam for everybody to send in, right. you know, good little slogans for their cards and stuff, and then they just didn't pay me. So there you go, fuckers. I know. You were in the grocery store the one day and went like, hey, I thought of that. Yeah. If I ever looked at mm-hmm. greeting cards, I probably would see that, but uh, I don't. I don't, buy, I'm a, I don't buy greeting cards for people. I'm an asshole. I don't buy greeting cards. I'm a man. I don't write my own crayons. What do you think I am? I just flip them off from my recliner. I don't they go to get birthday it. parties. Fuck you. <laughs> I usually just walk by my lady and drop some cash on her and go, happy birthday or whatever. Hey, glorious listeners, if you're noticing that George now sounds like he's in uh, in the Grand Canyon, it's because we just got knocked out of commission for about 20 minutes while George moved from his quiet little hobbit hole closet into his big roomy office in the executive suite. Is that correct, George? Second floor executive suite, bathroom, kitchen, office, 600 square feet. Yeah. $2,600. Give me a call. <laughs> George is trying to sell his fellow Gitmo Bros office space that he's already in. That he's already, already in, in. yeah. Um, Damon, you were talking about your greeting card thing. Yeah, the, I don't want to tell that story for the third That's time. That's enough now. of that story. I know. It's, okay, it's I was trying us. to find a, my space here, guys. I'm trying to find my space in this, in this conversation. I think that story is what keeps kicking you off the uh, Wi-Fi. You know what? You know who'll straighten this out? You know who will? Clem Clebson and Mr. Gubernatorial. That's what'll straighten this out. Before we get to them, though, I have an important segment to get to, and here we go. Oh. Time to check the Gitmo mail. M A L Gitmo Gitmo mail. Now it's time to finger blast our mail sack. Boonde boonde boonde. Mail sack. M A L E. S A C. S A C. One word mail sack. All right. So, guess what? What? I don't know if it was magic or if it was just like the, the power of positive thinking, but you guys aren't going to believe this. I got an email from a lovely listener named Juliet, Ooh. and it says, hi from Denmark. Yes. <laughs> hi, guys. I'm an American living in Denmark, and I've listened to every episode in order. I also got my Danish brother-in-law hooked. I like your chemistry and humor, and I really appreciate listening to musicians analyze and break down songs. Well, musicians in quotes, I would say. I was going to say, who's the musician? Not me. (laughs) Thanks to you, I bought a used guitar and started learning how to play. Now, we're not accepting responsibility for that terror in your life, you know? But we are accepting co-writes on anything she does. Exactly. A 10% of the career. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll Colonel Tom the shit out of this. Goddamn right. I feel like all the stories we've told about our non-illustrious careers should be like a cautionary tale and yet it made Juliet go out and buy a guitar which is but she's being very pure she, she certainly isn't following our lead into a career yeah. but just because she wants to be creative and then she goes on to say I listen to you on my bike ride to work every day and while doing housework see that subtle dig right there she's like we don't drive here okay I know it's very subtle <laughs> I get it I hear it Juliet yeah I hear you thanks for judging us Juliet jeez <laughs> 
<laughs> with your big American Cadillacs. <laughs> she also rides her bike to do housework. Uh, I, that's what I'm getting from this. Sounds like a nice life, honestly. I'm I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna ride my bike and do housework and listen to the Get Mo Bros. It's great. She says, "Thank you for so many hours of enjoyment. Please keep it up." Wow, that's lovely. Best regards, fan in Copenhagen. Now it's look, nuts. New Zealand's really got to step it up. Now we've not only got Denmark. I checked the the stats earlier today, and they are still punching it out for uh, number two position. Mm-hmm. So the the numbers are good, New Zealand. But now I'm getting these lovely letters from from people in uh, in Denmark, and you guys so far haven't. Maybe it's taking longer for you know the mail to get here all the way from New <laughs> Zealand. It is on the other side of the world, so I don't know. But you guys got to step it up. Yeah, you other bike riding housekeepers in New Zealand, let's get with it. <laughs> Come on, pick it up. So I, I did want to say I I tried really hard to hammer this in, and this is the best I could come up with. Maybe you guys, my fellow Gitmos, can come up with something uh, better than this. So with this beautiful letter from Juliet, it feels like it's a real Gitmomio and Juliet love story. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know if you can say thank you after that. I don't know. <laughs> All I can do is apologize. I mean, it was so close. Gitmo and Romeo were so close. I just couldn't put it together. I couldn't. So anyway, there you go, Get Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. All right, I'll go for that. Yeah. It's really yeah. something, like, all kidding aside. It's a glorious thing to fucking write that to a bunch of, to a couple of three schlebs. Yahoos. Uh, it's amazing. She's on the other side of the land, and she's fucking just doing it. She's she's slinging it out to, uh, you know, she's part of the squad is what she is. Yeah, Juliet yeah. is loather number one. I would if say. If those yeah. three schlubs can do it, why not me? Yeah. She's probably thinking. That's really great. That's really great. And it's awesome of her to write. And, uh, you know. It is. When we go there on the road, she will have a place of honor on stage with us, maybe even. Bring her yeah. on stage. We'll torture yes. her. Agreed. Yes. Now there's an idea. Sounds like she'll also have a place for us to crash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she keeps the place clean, is from what I can tell, with all the housework she's doing, listening to the Gitmos. Cut to our wives. So you guys are spending $10,000 to fly to Copenhagen to torture a girl named Juliet? That's correct, honey. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, but the promoter out there, which is probably the same girl, uh, said that it's cool if we crash on her couch. And we get free bike rides from the airport. So, you know. The point is we're saving money either way. (laughs) We can't afford not to do this. (laughs) Honey, I got to do this now. I got to do this now. Not turn it down. All right, so there we go. Now, I interrupted poor George when he was trying to introduce our buddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, I, I anything from the mail sack. Anything. Yeah, the, the mail sack. But, you know, this guy gets real grumpy if we don't mention him on every show. You know, he's not that well-educated. He's, he's had some problems in his life. And yet, he's still our buddy, and he's still Mr. Clem Clemson. Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. And at least he has a friend now. Clem and Goober Notorio. Hi, Clem. Hi, Goobs. <laughs> Goobs. <laughs> so, uh, you know who's going to take over the kibitz? That would be Mr. Aaron, the aest of all dogs, is going to, because he's being tortured today, he's now going to engage us with some interesting stuff. And now, here he goes. Hi! Uh, I thought that I would do a uh, segment of, and this is going to be for Juliet, by the way. I'm going to send it out her way. Nice. Um, in honor of our new Git Fiddle, we wrote the songs. Oh. We wrote the songs. We wrote the songs. We wrote the songs. Uh-oh. Do I have to play that whole thing? Yes. <laughs> of course yes. you do. The answer is, of do. course. We have a contract with Mr. Langostino. 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, it's true. Good God. <laughs> Keeping this episode short for me. <laughs> we were alive in the 80s. And we wrote our very first songs. We put the words and the melodies together. We are most and we wrote the songs. crazy like a fox because yeah it's great it gets me every time remember how in the last episode where we pictured the guy kind of poking his head in going hey you yeah. guys doing a brackets in there i picture that <laughs> maybe we said this already but yeah i think you did say aaron it's like he popped his head back into the recording studio yeah they thought oh that's it for him i guess i guess it's gonna fade out oh shit he just remembered <laughs> yeah at the last minute yeah. that's guy's signature move Guy popped yeah, into the booth probably to uh, you know to get some of the good coke. The good, spilled yeah. the seven and seven on the way. Oh God! Then came back in. <laughs> Gives the engineer a little shoulder up, a guy, huh? <laughs> All right, so we are here at we wrote some songs, and Aaron is going to explain exactly what he's up to here. And now, in this case, it's very much we. This is a uh, this is going to be uh, the first one of these that we have touched on. Uh, this is a song written by myself and George White. <laughs> oh my God. Us two guys. Now, last I checked, I'm sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but last I checked, there's three Gitmos and therefore. Yes. I feel lonely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're listening to it. So that's, that's you. Right I'm there. enjoying it with the rest of You're included. Of, yeah, it's yes. okay. Go ahead. And by the way, when we sell this, you know, you'll tag, you'll tag on for a third. I, I don't do nothing without absolutely. you. Absolutely, you're, you're in absolutely. for a third. Cool. Juliet is in on that action too. I think <laughs> that's right. Oh god, supply lines are getting longer and harder to maintain. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so uh, for about ten years now, uh, George White and I have been writing songs. It typically was that we'd be joking about something just in conversation and we'd arrive at a turn of phrase or sometimes it'd be like a type of person, a type of man usually. And we had certain characters that we liked to write about a lot. And for the first year or so, we were just doing shit tons of them. Like, I don't know, something like 30 or 40 songs, all of varying degrees of coolness, but always to the point of being like a done demo, done ready to be stockpiled really because it was never about a band doing them we just wanted to write a bunch of songs and we were only getting better as we did it and it was an interesting thing working together where we both come from very different places uh and so the smash up of those sort of ideas that george would come up with with my musical thoughts uh were always very interesting a lot of times george would send it to me or we wouldn't have any kind of thought about what the melody was going to be 
when it was in his side of the pool. But once it gets to me, I had to sort of figure all that out and make it a song. And lots of times I would use all of the words. Sometimes I'd use some of them. But what was important was that it's just shape it, fit it, mold it, and to get it done. So it was like a little project, get it done, get something done and move on, have it be a thing in the past, try to learn something from it and don't be precious about it. Just move on. And as a result, some of them are sort of roughshod, uh, sort of slapdashed sort of things, but they always had some fun to them, some character to them. And then after a while, we started getting a little bit more serious just because that's the way it would go sometimes. And I was very, very happy to arrive at this notion. And it was a, a notion that, that George, I think, had come up with kind of based on our own sort of varying degrees of success with love and relationships over the years and what we know about other people's uh, relationships and how that can go when you lose something. So this song is about that. And what's sort of interesting about it to me is that there is a good example of something that I would never have thought to write. I love it because it just worked out so well. And thanks to George White's notions. And so let's start it. It's a long walk up, but I think it's sort of fun to talk about the process a little bit, especially for someone like Juliet and other people who are songwriters and trying to do something and just get out of your own way. Right, 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 right. And uh, have fun with it. And uh, George having 50% of responsibility for this uh, will also chime in at any point uh, should he care to. But the song is called uh, uh, If I Were a Betting Man. This is a song that I was listening at the time to a lot of Howard Tate, a lot of Luther Vandross, and a lot of the Isley Brothers. And so it comes to bear in what, the, what happened to the song. Now, George has no idea when we do these kinds of things. He has no idea where it's going to end up. It could just as very well end up into sort of like a Ramones gnarly kind of song. But this happened, which is decidedly not that. So uh, let's start it. It starts right away. Okay, here we go. Right. If I were a betting man. That's right. By two of the three Gitmos. <laughs> we end up calling ourselves Twilight Macho. Twilight Macho, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Credited to Twilight Macho, Macho and friends. Twilight Macho. Twilight Macho was the precursor band before you guys became active seniors, right? That's right. That's right. Switched over ukuleles. That's right. <laughs> All right. Here. It's active seniors, like the cross-flying Vs in um, Tom Petty, but it's ukuleles. Active All right, here we go. Let's do this cut. If I knew what you wanted, baby. Fix all the broken places Get you back where you belong Can't go on loving myself I've heard most of the stuff you guys did because you would mm -hmm. send them to me. I don't know if I've ever heard this, have I? Or maybe I was getting overwhelmed by them because you were sending me like three a day for a while. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot. Breakneck pace. <laughs> yeah, I have to believe that I sent this to you because I was really proud of it. Um, yeah. So I probably sent it to you. I you love the falsetto. It's great. Yeah, I'm proud of that too. And uh, yeah, it's, really uh, good, Aaron. I forgot about this. Oh, that's Aaron. Oh yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> you know, I'm the Bernie Topper, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. My heart is here in my head, and I don't know if I'll ever pick up those dice again. But there's one thing I know: oh, if I were a betting man. 
All right, give me some lyrics so far. If I knew what you wanted, baby, and where I went so wrong, I'd fix all the broken places and get you back to where you belong. The verses are in two halves. So that's the first half. And then it changes. And it's the verse you just heard, which is can't go on bluffing myself. My heart is here in my hand. And I don't know that I'll ever pick up those dice again. And uh, so I said, if I were a betting man, I bet you'd still love me. If I were a betting man, I bet you still care. If I were a betting man, I'll bet we're back together. If I were a betting man, I would lose. I would lose. I would lose you, which is where it's about to end. And then the second verse starts. Right. So let's check out the end of that chorus. Okay. Because I have another question about it, but let's let's hear the oh, end okay. of it. Okay, so obviously he says, I would lose. Yeah. I was just thinking it's the mentality of, of a gambler mm-hmm. who doesn't have a lot of luck gambling. And he's like, I pictured him being like having this optimism the same way when you're rolling the dice and you're on your last like 50 bucks and you're, right. you can't pay your rent. <laughs> you're right. So mm-hmm. he's saying like, I bet she'll come back to me. Right. Yeah. Like in, in my view, it was like he was saying he's messed up or screwed up or not provided in some kind of way. And she bounced. So like, if I knew what you wanted, I could get you back where you belong, which is with me. But he's like, he's got enough of an ego is my thought about it. I mean, Georgie wrote it, but like if he has enough of an ego that he's saying like, if I were a bit, man, I bet you still love me. But then he goes at the end, the last line is sort of flips it and goes, truly, I bet I'd lose you still. So like he's waffling like human beings do. Uh, They have a bit of bluster to keep the keep the smile going but then he is resigned to facts uh there at the end is that sort of the way you see it georgie it is um i looked at the original lyrics and you you added that part uh, the losing part you added that in and one of them yeah that's why i liked about the twist on it isn't it right. <laughs> i'm glad you said all that because i couldn't really remember why i <laughs> thought of these lyrics other than um at the time you and I went talked a lot about uh, specifics in writing, and everything I wrote was real specific. Right. And this one, I made a concerted effort, and it was from listening to the Bee Gees, of writing right. just something that wasn't super specific, and just a love song. And I tried to follow what they did in their writing. Yeah. Nights on Broadway, Staying Alive, all this really universal. You don't have to yes. know what city this guy is in because nope. you're name checking things. You don't have to know about products or anything, nope. anything, anything. And it's just the universal loving and losing. You know, right? Exactly. Um, right. And I, I liked your twist. You did because uh, the the juice for a gambler is when the dice are in the air. Yeah, it doesn't it really matter anything. if you win or lose. You know, you want to yeah. win, but the, the juice is when the dice are in the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what that's what anything. I was thinking about with this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In general, like what's going on with the production for me is that I was trying to I wanted it to be a bit like one of the first two Phil Collins solo records, production wise. Mm-hmm. So have some darkness to it. And hence the mm. I thought that sounded like like a Phil Collins uh program choice. Um right. like he was doing on those first two records. And yeah. the reason I was thinking that must have been because of what George was just saying, where we were trying to do this like flat out universal, don't try to be, get the tongue out of your cheek, just put it all right on the line, like the way Phil's records are, you know, like it's a, I, I don't want to speak in any kind of weighty metaphors or to be too clever. It's just the way it is. And like, 
I will acknowledge a metaphor into gambling, but that's love. You know, that's easy to do. That's not too heady. And everyone gambles, you know. Just a catchy title is because I couldn't right. think why this title. And I still don't know. Yeah. It's um, very nice. Yeah. I, I don't know why the why they titled that in man, but seems seems out of character for me. But I was trying something else on purpose. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's great. And that's the other thing I would say to songwriters is that, like, we do things like that and it throws you out of your out of your box. But you have to do a bunch of work before you can find this other, like, get out of your safety zone. Because it's always, it's got to be fun. And if it's not fun, then, like, there may be a reason for the safety zone. So, um, <laughs> right. And I particularly like the, like, the second verse that's about to start. I particularly like how there's two sections to the verse. There's the, the slow and then it, and then, and then it, the melody sort of turns around a little bit. And I was very happy because it reminded me of a Ronald Isley move. And then I'm trying to cop uh, Howard Tate. If I'm copying anybody, like I would think that people who've heard it would have said like, Oh, right. Prince. And I was like, well, that's wasn't in my mind at all. I mean, he's always wedged in there somewhere, but if anything, it was those dudes and Mick Jagger actually. All right, let's go. question for you Yo. as a bass player on songs like this where you're doing most of it just i'm assuming on a laptop do you actually fly in a real bass or perform real bass or do you just use like a program thing or what no i was just playing uh bass keys for this and really i kind of there isn't really much of anything on the low spectrum it's it's the low is handled by those strings i was kind of i think that i may i think that i added it i have a memory of adding something like that but then pulling a when doves cry and removed it um, because it wasn't adding anything. It's really sparse in the verses. And then when it kicks into the chorus, obviously other things come in. And I was wondering if you threw in an actual real bass. No, not at all. Not at all. I, in fact, I would, I, I think again, I was taking stuff out of the spectrum entirely. Anything too low. And there's a low harmony that's happening from time to time, but I was trying to keep it, uh, high up in the ridge. I would say it's a missed opportunity. You could have gotten either Butch Patrick or Jan Terry to play bass too. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, they're both well-known bass players. As unfortunately, we not available, not available <laughs> at this time. <laughs> this is a demo, you know. This yeah, for the this record, is, yeah. for the real deal, you know. Sign us, and we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And so, if, if you happen to have a you know a garage in uh, Long Beach and a you know and a uh, and a ship's wheel, yeah, we need a ship's wheel. <laughs> we'll we'll be right no, there. No dice. We'll be right there. We'll be right there. <laughs> so this is a uh, chorus, and then it goes into a very. Isley Bridge, like a very Brady Christmas. A very Isley Bridge. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. I love that. It's great. Mm-hmm. Nice 
change, you know? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was wild. And at first it, I was like, ah, oh, gee, I think it's too crazy. <laughs> but but I was like, hell no, man. This is exactly what it needs. I've been playing by the rules up to this point for an R&B cut. And now it could be a little something strange here. And so it'll be it'll make that return to that big, fat, poppy chorus all that much more appreciated uh, by the ear, one hopes. A lot of times when you add in something like that into a song, when your instincts are going... Oh, it's distracting or does it make sense? Or, and then a lot of times people go, oh, that's my favorite part of the song. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Dalton always uh, laughs at me because most of the time his suggestion is, well, that fucking bridge should be the intro of the song. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> it needs to be the intro of the song and put what you have for the intro as the outro. Like, what do you, how, how could you even think that it goes right like this? <laughs> so it's a nice way to tell me I'm fucking up uh, because the good news is, is that a theoretically I, I've already come up with the part. So he just needs me to move it. <laughs> it's not the right order, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you fuck that up. <laughs> and so, and it's good to be fucking flexible like that. And like, that's why you just need to do it and don't be too precious about it because, and then collaborate. For the love of God, collaborate. You know, it's important to do that and then listen to other people. And this doesn't have to be the jam. You know, like I was listening to somebody who they were talking about songwriting and they'd had terrible uh, uh, writer's block. And they they had remembered that uh, they had heard so another songwriter talking about how, like, you need to think of songwriting as just there's one big song and everybody is just adding their piece to it. So it's not your job to carry it and write the hit of all hits. Just write your part of the song and add it into the river and move on to something else. And if it becomes a great big hit for you, fucking dynamite. But like, let it flow into this great big song. Like, let your part of the river, you needn't take care of it yourself. And take some of the pressure off yourself and enjoy and by all means collaborate, share and learn. Yeah, and by the way, I, in, in that analogy, Aaron, I, I like that. I consider myself more of like a tributary or brackish water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm the briny deep and you're brackish, brackish water. I'm kind of a storm drain myself. <laughs> yeah, it all flows through you. All right, here we go. So if you stop here, there's a an introduction of a guitar part just doing simple picks down, 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 as basic as possible. Because again, I'm not trying, no one's trying to be tricky. But what's interesting about it, and it didn't occur to me until fucking today listening to it, preparing for this, that I was like, if I was singing this sort of more deadpan and with my natural voice, it would sound like the cars in the chorus <laughs> now that this guitar part is, is being been added. It's very light. So just listen to it. And uh, I just found it interesting. I don't know that it comes to bear, but let's play the uh, chorus here. Take it away, Elliot Easton. <laughs> here we go. Oh, I would have thought that was like a fake clav sound or something, but that's a guitar. Yeah. I mean, it could be anything, but like, I, I thought it sounded nice on the, on the gentle pick guitar thing. Another production move would have been to have that be a flute and mix it way the fuck down. I read somewhere, I think probably the fucking Beatles, but like they were having a hard time making a part cut through in a mix and the addition of a very low mixed flute 
suddenly brings that to the horizon in a really mm-hmm. neat way. But it, it's just a nice little lovely thing. And I, and it sort of felt like it was, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for the falsetto, it would be like, oh, this could be off of like Heartbeat City with that kind of um, program drums and everything. Mm-hmm, right. For sure. Yeah. It creates that mood for sure. But yeah. Well, if you ever get, get around to uh, like re-recording the song, hear me out, a wailing sax doing that line? <laughs> I know it's weird coming from me. <laughs> get that guy from the Oingo Boingo guy. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I also really like the arrangement of the uh, backing vocals. I was pretty proud of too. And again, it's uh, lifting from things that the Isleys would do. I like what's going on there and uh, it, it feels nice to listen to it. Even after all this time, it sits okay in my ears. It doesn't like, ah, eh, God, I wish I had done X, Y, or Z. Like it could have maybe been mixed better. Again, we're not talking about that. Get yeah. the song out, make it fun for you and your pals to listen to and move the fuck on. Uh, not just junior pals, but now all the loathers. That's right. What's up, loathers? Enjoy, loathers. <laughs> I can hear them dancing from here. <laughs> yeah, slow dancing. I think that people are making it to this song right oh, now. for sure. I want to <laughs> make it right over. now. There's no one here, and I can't. They're like, like fuck. <laughs> they're picking up people to make yeah. it with. At the very least, they're finger blasting. Very least. Very least. You, know. <laughs> you have to. You have to. <laughs> this is about love. <laughs> yeah. It's two adults digitally manipulating each other. You familiar with living in the moment? This is loving for the moment. (laughs) Write that down, Georgie. This is blasting in the moment. Yeah. (laughs) Rewrote the songs. Next episode is going to (laughs) be that song, I think. We wrote the songs that make the whole world blast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Come on. Oh, went back to the well for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to go back. I was like, God damn, I love it so much. <laughs> Dalton's like, no, I said at the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Bridge two. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, to break it to you, this happens to me all the time. You, in your mind, you're thinking this artist, Mick Jagger or the Isley Brothers or something. I mean, this is a leftover song from Purple Rain, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) This is like a fucking print song. It really is like that. It just bumps me because it wasn't the intention. But like, I can't, it's so deeply wedged inside me with him. Yeah. Like, like you don't even realize you're doing it. To be fair, though, like the choices that I was name checking that were intentional were intentional influences of him. Of his as well, exactly. You know, yeah. So like it makes sense in the end. Right. And, and by the way, that's that's a good thing. That's a not good like thing, I'm, yeah. It's I'm, great. Yeah. Someone says, <laughs> a, hey, your new song sounds like Prince. It's like, all right, I'm just going <laughs> to jump off a building because I can die now, you know? <laughs> no, it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely thing to to say, uh, you know, and, and is really proud of the way it all is and sits inside of a demo space. It has its own little attitude. The proper version would be this neat and lovely thing, but like there's something about the intimacy, uh, how sort of tight it is and how it feels a bit claustrophobic in that space. There's not a bunch of reverb. There's not a bunch of anything. It's sort of like just in this little space and lives there and never breaks out that 
I kind of like the demo of it. I would probably have severe demo-itis were it ever to become something, you know, larger or grand. Don't touch it. It's the sparseness is what's really cool about it. I mean, I mean, you, you heard my, we wrote the songs. Hey guys, I'm about to play you 27 guitar parts. Go, you know, that's me. I can't fucking stop adding stuff, but right. uh, I'm, and I'm jealous of guys like you who can just sort of do, all right, here's just a, a keyboard pad and a drum and me singing. And it sounds fucking great to me. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. As I recall, uh, showing it to George at the first the first time, he's like, "Well, fucking hell, that's that's not what I thought." But we were both really sort of uh, felt happy about. Yeah, it. let's get George's take. When you first heard this, you know, because all you do is submit your scrawlings, right? It's, it's yes. Like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looking back on it now, there was a couple of things. Um, one, I really liked it a lot because. He always would, whatever I was thinking, it would sometimes be far away from it. But this, to me, the Bee Gees fit into this mm-hmm, right. with the falsetto, with the R&B influence. And so it was what I was sort of aiming for anyway. Mm-hmm. And I love the Isley Brothers part of it. And what, what's, what I really liked about this was that I felt like if, you, if this was 1981 and you put the Isley Brothers or the Spinners on this or something... Yeah. And it sounded like you still hear all the soul in it and all the 60s and all the 70s stuff, but it has that drums that makes it feel like the song they're doing in the early 80s. And you feel like you're getting a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And the Prince stuff to me, I, I didn't, I never heard Prince in this. I heard what, what we just said. And the other thing that, uh, that makes me laugh is that I'd been trying forever because I like the lyric about the, the Cadillac because I thought about I would take a train, a plane, or an automobile to get to you. Mm-hmm. And I had written that in other songs and either Aaron had discarded it or cut it out or not used it or whatever. And I, I kept trying to get it in <laughs> <laughs> and I love the lyric and the original one was something like, it was too clever. It was like, uh, didn't even pack, took the Amtrak back, drove my Cadillac home to you. And it was a lot of ack, 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 ack. And, <laughs> and Heart so, attack, ack, 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 ack. Yeah. Josh just perked up. <laughs> right, and this was and this was a thing where I believe that because I was trying to get less specific and trying to be just write a basic song. And that's the other thing that, that really jived with us was that it, this is a basic song. He Aaron just talked about taking everything out of it and not having a lot of parts in it. And I took the word Amtrak out because I'm yeah. like Amtrak sounds stupid in a BG song. They would never do that. <laughs> Take Amtrak out, and I just said train. I think Aaron right. Yeah, just, yeah, just I think something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then the Cadillac parts, okay, and and you ended up liking a lot. So I was I was happy that my my stupid thing finally got in. <laughs> I love the idea that he's like he's like I'm gonna come out. I'm not even gonna pack. I'll be lucky to put some gas in the car. Right, is how quickly I'm gonna be hauling ass. You know, and the the thing and the sad thing is is that that's typically the way someone who's stalking behaves. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. He's been given a clear piece of information that this might be over (laughs) he's like i know i know it'll fix it is i'll pull a fucking cusack and show up at her fucking joint you know i looked at it too the the original lyrics and um and i added that at the end i said this leaves one more thing and i added that's the last thing that's on the on the sheet and um and also this was i noticed too from the file this was quick for us where there's not a rewrite of the lyrics it's just those lyrics it's one um, it's one demo of it and then the final track. There's only yeah. three things in that file. So you went and, and I listened to the demo and it's very close to what this is. There's a few little things that are, I don't remember what the differences are. You probably know more, better than me. 
but yeah, I don't it's, remember. It's, it's I, quick. There's a lot of things we went back and forth on, and and also like you said, you used all these lyrics as you used to say the whole buffalo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, oh my god, Baklava. <laughs> it has to fit, and you want space. You want space, 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 space. Like the uh, beginning of that second verse, always sunny weather. Can't imagine a reason we won't be together. There's a lot of space, and it's like it seems very like a classic thing. It could be a Luther Vandross song at that right. point too. Yeah. Right, and it's just. I'm just super stoked about it. And it just comes from years and years and years and years and years and years and listening to all the R&B I could get my hands on and all I could try to learn from. And uh, it happened to sit in there pretty nice and like I so much more to, to learn. And I kind of backed away from trying to do that again after that because I was just like, oh, gee, I, I, I may have shot my wad there. That might be all I know <laughs> about, <laughs> about making that kind of thing. But I, it's a nice little... Uh, memory of that that George and I made together. Let's listen to the outro. There's a, it's just sort of in a, in a stock R and B notion of just repeating, but having the lead guy dance around a little bit, obviously I'm limited with what I can do. If I was Howard Tate, it'd be a different story. It was a learning process to try to find a way I had to understand how to mix it. So, and create parts that there's the guys, the helper guys, the backups, and then there's the lead guy and what they're going to do and how they do. And I kind of start altering their pattern in a very sort of princey kind of way, I suppose, uh, where suddenly the pattern changes. So let's listen to that out. It's about to be over. I think. All right. see someone listening to this and like memorizing all those parts you know right yeah it trips me up listening to it but i was like uh, if you really like a song it'd be really fun and rewarding to remember when keep moving on sunshine comes in yeah. apart from the rest of the song and you feel like you pat yourself on the back like oh man it was right there it's like catching a, a phil collins drum fill just right on your yeah. steering wheel <laughs> right. except it's, yeah, yeah. Except it's yeah. me and george <laughs> going hey man and we'll probably be in the car with you <laughs> hey nice job we got nowhere else to go <laughs> you like that part Juliet hey Juliet <laughs> want to hear the demo of this <laughs> what's your favorite part of our song Juliet <laughs> <laughs> Juliet is cool if I stay with you like emotionally who, who just pictured Juliet on her bike listening to this just going right through Copenhagen yeah <laughs> come on it's great <laughs> right. she can commute and judge us in our cars at the same time that's true it's true. I love it. Love it. <laughs> fade out, fade out. Or, right. or the last little bit. Yeah. I bet that you still Yeah. It's awesome. I love that track, Aaron. You did a great job. Uh, so did you. 
Yeah. It's so a, did you. And you know what? I disagree with Dalton. I, now, now that I didn't, I, we never had the discussion about the guitar. And I think it should start with that, that guitar. Just that little, <laughs> that's it. And then we go. <laughs> hey, you know, it, the, the world is our oyster. Happy to spin it. And like, there's, there's so, Sergio and I did so fucking many. And, you know, it's just a fun, fun thing. I would just encourage everybody to really, really uh, collaborate. Find someone that you just like being with and write, 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 write. Write on your own. Write with them. Uh, reach out to people. Fucking this day, this era where you can share stuff and share ideas and, you know, protect yourself. But gee, it, it's, it's really nice to be able to collaborate with somebody. And it just, it just, for the love of God, just do it so that it amuses you. That's got to be enough. It's got to be enough. And then just enjoy that. And, and then whatever happens after that is just a lovely, lovely uh, benefit. I just realized we were never in the same room when we wrote a song ever. No, never I, once. I came to visit. I came to visit, and I did a couple vocals on mm-hmm. a few of the more rock songs because we did do four or five of these songs. Not this type of song, but for Mister Kickass, where right. I brought them into the band and we did them. And I did vocals on a couple of those, but we never wrote anything while I was there. No, no, like you just give me because then you would just keep sending me lyrics and then I would just put it into a pile and then each weekend I would go, all right, what's speaking to me on Saturday afternoon? You're right. There you have it. Enjoy everyone. Try your best. Enjoy yourself. Be nice to each other and uh, partner up. And guess what else? Bet on yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Go gamble. Yeah. Bet on yourself. Head out to Morongo with a young friend. Yeah. Don't be a senior citizen. Be an active senior. (laughs) That's right. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. If I were a betting man, speaking of active seniors, that was, uh, what were you guys calling yourselves? Twilight? Twilight Macho. Twilight Macho. Twi-Mach, for sure. And why? Because Josh Pickering designed a, for a Sweet 69 would do, when we would do shows, we would do Twilight Zone by Golden Earring. And then we would also do Macho Man. Oh, I was there for that. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I came up on stage. That's what. It was a medley. Yeah, it was yeah, a medley. Right. Yeah. yeah, but when it gets to ding 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 ding, hey, 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 got it. Mo get mo man. And it just said, you know, on the, on the set list, it just said twy and then a slash and match. That's what it yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> and we wrote a song called Twilight Marcher, which is very lurid. Yeah, uh, very and- lurid. That's a, <laughs> Judas Priest meets the village people meets that's right. I don't know what. It's, that's right. Yeah, it's Anyways, scary. <laughs> look for it in all your adult bookstores. Yeah, it's disturbing. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> that song Twilight Macho makes my butt hurt. <laughs> yeah. You're right to feel that way, honey. <laughs> you, you listen to Twilight Macho and you feel like you saw the whole movie cruising in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I, I do appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, Georgie. Uh, thank you, Damon. Thank you, everyone. But guess what you're not going to be thankful for? No! Down, Down you go. The, no. the torture <laughs> change. Okay. I'm not After all that beautiful it, funk. Yeah. I don't really give a Bad things are coming. <laughs> but I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. Anguish. Anguish. Pain. Torture. All right. I consulted with the uh, government math. They have a website now. It's called governmentmath.gov. Seems redundant, <laughs> but there you go. 
And I guess on the last episode, it was the spooktacular where George was tortured by us. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. And Aaron went first with the Beach Boys, and I went second with Butch Patrick, which means I'm up first. Yeah. Yay. Here we go. So I would like to take you back, oh, nothing, five days. What? (laughs) This is from the year 2023, and God damn it, I tried to beat Aaron's record of five days. I even went so far as to go figure out when Fall Out Boy dropped their song and then when we recorded our episode. Right, we didn't start the fire. Oh, that was horrible. And it was five days, so I'm only able to tie the record. Previous to that, I own the record. I thought, oh, six weeks, who's going to top this? Right, your Trump thing, right? J6, whatever. Wow. But uh, I'm now here. I am uh, just neck and neck with Aaron on the most recent torture song released. Okay? (laughs) It's from a department, but I want to identify who these people are, what the song is. And you know what? I don't even think this is a horrible song. It it does what it's supposed to do for this style of music, this genre of music. But Uh it's just (laughs) fucking confounding to me, and it's so aggravating and frustrating, and I got obviously a lot to say about it. And thankfully, it's a very short song, too. They didn't, you know, ride this one out too long. So let's just get it going. You're going to recognize a couple things immediately, and then we'll stop and we'll chat. Like we do on the Unear and Loathing sometimes. (laughs) Like the show. Yeah. All right, so let's see. Here we go. 2023, five days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Will you stay with me? Will you be my love as the days get longer? <laughs> oh god damn it. Who's doing this? Fields of this is Fields of Gold. It's it's the melody yeah. of Fields of Gold by the singer of Fields of Gold, Sting. With and of course with a couple other people too. What's he fucking doing? God damn. Are the I know. lyrics different? The slightly different. Yeah. Okay. Um and you know, another singer is going to come in in a second and once once we determine who she is, then we can talk about it a little more. But uh yeah. This is uh this is from 5 days ago. Will you follow me? Never let me go. Let's keep dreaming, dreaming as the sun goes down. Fucking auto tuned to to hell. Who is that? That's still Sting. Oh, okay. Maybe you can't tell because it's. I cannot. No, I did sound like suddenly I thought it was Adam Levine or something. What is that? (laughs) Okay. That's still Sting. Okay. I have nothing against auto-tune, like, in principle. I mean, little known fact, I auto-tune every episode of Ear and Loathing. You guys didn't know that, did you? No. Just to be safe. Just to be safe. No wonder we sound so current, (laughs) contemporary, and why the kids connect to us the world over, particularly in uh, the Scandinavian countries. It's a style. It's a style. I love that shit. (laughs) All right, here we go. We're in this this chorus or whatever it's called, and then another singer's going to come in, and we'll explore that space. Dancing as the world turns around. When it's said and done, I'll keep holding on. Oh, God on. damn it. Do you know who that uh, is? 
No, but it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> the fucking the, beat, the, because the fucking gay club beat just got activated. The chugga chugga train. I took my up. shirt off and started, started swinging my hand. In my I mean, do I have a lot of new friends? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is it starting to get crowded in my basement? Absolutely. Do I have an erection? Sort of. Sort of. Am I going to ask for a Malibu rum from the bartender? Yes, I am. <laughs> I need Parrot Bay rocks. Parrot Bay rocks. Sex on the beach. That. <laughs> all right so do you want to try to guess who this is or should i tell you or do you just want to keep listening or what uh, keep listening keep listening okay is this somebody interesting or like, fucking no way or is it like uh, of this group of pop female pop singers i probably like her the best and i think she's probably one of the most talented see ya no who listen to a few more seconds and i'll tell you see okay. if you can get it Is that a Gaga? Not Gaga, no. Oh. That sounds like Gaga. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's the effect they put on their voice, if they all deliberately sing like each other, but they kind mm-hmm. I could have told you that was Sia or Lady Gaga, and you would have gone, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why everyone needs to pull a fast one on Aaron. <laughs> it's my first complaint about this, but play a little more, then I'll say my complaint. Okay. We'll keep dreaming. Is that pink? Yes, it is pink. Pink. That's pink. Yeah, it's pink. Yeah, pink. she's she's legit singer. I like her. Yeah. She's got a great big voice. You know, you've if you've ever seen her live, I've, I haven't gone to her concerts, but she's bitching. Yeah, she's really good live. I've seen videos of her. One time, I think she did Bohemian Rhapsody or something, like from start to her finish. Her voice is powerful as fuck. She, yeah. So, which you know begs the question: fucking why? Why is Sting doing this? Why is he giving this guy... Okay, now the, the guy they're doing it with, they're collabing with. Like, you and George with your collabs. <laughs> is it Young Thug or somebody? Or? <laughs> so I'm telling everybody to collaborate, and Damon's saying, please do not. <laughs> well, if this is the end result, then no, stop. <laughs> please stop. Do you hear me, Juliet? Don't work with DJs at all, please. This yeah. is a, an American DJ named Marshmallow. M-E-L-L-O instead of... M-A-L-L-O-W. Real name, Eddie Horowitz. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sending you guys a fucking picture right now, just because this is how this guy kind of walks around in life. Huge marshmallow hat, I'm guessing. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Where are my Gitmos? I love my bitches, but where's my Gitmos? (laughs) Where are you guys, goddammit? Life ain't nothing but Gitmos and money. (laughs) So this guy appears to... I just sent you guys... He appears to walk around in his... The reason I sent that picture as opposed to like a photo shoot or something is like... I know this guy. I've seen this face. Yeah, he just hangs out with that stupid thing on. (laughs) So, you know, he's very obviously influenced by... um, If you're into the scene, I'm not, but I researched it by Dead Mouse. Right. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. And so he just walks around with his marshmallow hat on all the time. And uh, there's a little bit of footage of Sting... Pink and marshmallow all at the session, or at least the photo shoot. Does he have the fucking head on the fucking session? Yeah, he's talking to Sting with the marshmallow head on. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's got to be Sting a moment. Sting tolerates that, but Gordon has issues with it. <laughs> Gordon from Newcastle has got some serious thing to say about yeah, Gordy the Jordy. <laughs> imagine that moment. Does his does his manager get an earful after that? Even he doesn't need the money. Well, that's the big fucking question here. And by the way, I would like to acknowledge uh, one of my sister's friends. I'm not going to say her name just now, but she pokes me once in a while on uh, on Instagram just 
talking about because she loves Sting. And and my sister told me, you know, she hates it when you talk about Sting, but then sometimes she admits that you're right. Well, we all love him. This is, has, it has everything to do with the great deep love that, I mean, particularly Damon and I have. That's my him. point. Like, I love him to death. I only heard about this song because of her. As a joke, right. she sent me an Instagram message saying, Oh, God, I bet you guys are going to have fun with this. And I said, don't be surprised if this ends up as a torture song because <laughs> it really was that bad. Yeah, it's it's really like, why does he have to fucking do this all the time? Like, there's probably a dozen things we could think of, like the Loot album or the Puffy I'll Be Missing You song. Or Well, with the Loot album, Damon, I, I like there's a punk rockness to that to me. A, a complete fuck you and a disinterest in being current. Certainly wasn't the time to do that when he did it. I don't know that it's ever time for that. <laughs> but he... In 1500, it wasn't time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but like he, like you too, has a B up there, 60-year-old asses, God bless. I mean, Sting's got to be 70 now, but where they are keen to, they want to have a hit. They really like having the idea of having hits and being just a simple legacy act that doesn't have legitimate hits and rotation on current radio such as it is irks them and i can understand it but like they seem to chase it down from time to time you two is endless fucking collabos and fucking crazy mixes and stuff and like it's their right and it stings right but like i still don't know why like i would love for them to have such a fucking big dicks emotionally about it where they're like baby it's the greatest thing in the world to be a fucking legacy act are you kidding me and i'll still make records and i don't care if you fucking buy them it gets me off but why can't they do this it just seems odd like <laughs> what why why must you write a new song write a fucking new song with pink that would be glorious get fucking marshmallow fuck out of there <laughs> and do a song with pink that'd be great are you guys thinking i am where i'm sure um Stuart and um Andy are like, really, dude? You had a fucking problem working with us and this fucking yeah. guy's with a marshmallow yeah. in his head. And you're looking at him and taking notes from him. No. For real. And For you real. couldn't look. You, you had a big fucking problem with us. Yeah. Well, fuck you and your marshmallows. <laughs> must, I mean, what do they think? I mean, it'd be like the three of us and Aaron suddenly working with marshmallow face. I mean, what would we think? Remixing like, old episodes. Exactly. Of what would we think? I mean, it's just like, what? It's just me and Marsh, dude. <laughs> you know, if he, when he takes the head off, he's really a down to earth kid. I really like him. Fuck, <laughs> shut up, Sting. You shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> So I told you guys this came from a department. I needed to sort of identify what we were dealing with here first. This is from the one in the pink and two in the stink department. Oh, no. (laughs) Two in the sting. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, congratulations with that. That's a very good pun. It's a very good pun. Thank you so much. It hurts me, but it's a good pun. (laughs) It's a good department. And uh, let let me say something else about this before we continue with it. I'm not the sting head you guys are. In fact, there's a fair amount about Sting that irritates me. Mm. But one of the things isn't his voice. And he has the sort of voice which is iconic. When you hear it, you know you're not hearing anything else. It really defines a moment, a time in everyone's life. Even if, like me, you don't particularly like it, it defines a certain period of your life. And then when they take it and what you guys just said, I don't know what the auto-tuning is or whatever, but everyone sounds the same. And they took the, you could hear when it happened. On the on this track, they just took the personality out of his voice. They just removed it. You thought it was a different yeah. singer at that point. I did. It was fucking yeah. stupid. It just all of a sudden it sounded like everything else, and I didn't. And he has such a distinct voice. You guys know this. 
He's a great singer. I mean, <laughs> it's a weird choice to do that because you're right. It does make things same to be palatable to the sound of today. Like if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. It is a weird thing though. They just say, okay, to do that, we need to remove you from it. Yeah. It, to, if you want to hit that's exactly. But then, so, so it's in name only. So like, I don't know, but like, he's free to do with his brand what he wants, but gee, when he, Chris, I'd rather be branded than do this. <laughs> Agreed. And, and I can't figure out what marshmallow. And I know, I don't know a lot about DJs and whatever. And I know there's a, I saw that movie with the, you know, the kid in it where he's the DJ, whatever that's called. I forget the name of that movie. But, Way to narrow it down, George. Oh, yeah, I know. Sorry. I was thinking of the, I say the, the kid that's in, that's in, um, Zach Efron. He he did a DJ. He did a DJ movie. Apparently you are a Zach head though. I'm a real big Zach head. But I want <laughs> Got the and, Zach attack. And I don't understand DJs, but it, it sounds to me like all this DJ all Marshmallow Face did was press a button that had that beat that everybody does. <laughs> yeah, that he just he just went, "Okay, here's what I did. That, here's my contribution. Now I'm going to mix this. You guys sing whatever speed you want and I'll put it in with this beat." Great. And I'll speed it up or slow it down. Great. Yeah, short being dosed, it has mm-hmm. no it has no energy behind it to me. Right. That's what you I know? yeah. Then it becomes like rote. It becomes sort of jokey as soon as it starts because you're like, oh, of course. Right. That right. it doesn't put energy in it the way when drums kick in, they do. Exactly how I feel. You yep. guys, what was it, nineteen ninety seven or something? Will Farrell and Chris Catan were making fun of this music for that that right. sketch they would do, the night at the Roxbury sketch. Yeah. yeah, the Pronto yeah. Brothers, wherever they were called. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been yeah. a joke for decades. Look, we sound like old men, and we are we are active seniors. So we, mm. let's. I have nothing against dance music or club music or anything. It's just sort of like when you take this probably one of Sting's most beautiful songs, and then drop it on, into this just because it's a, a hook. You know, what's funny is that they halfway through the verse or, or, or the melody of Fields of Gold, they, it changes into a different song, which isn't great, but at least it's ostensibly an original song. Yeah, maybe just do the, I don't know why they do Yeah, why do did you have to have Fields of Gold hook in there? No, they it's, do that now. That, that's what I know, I, I was, but it's... I was looking at songs like this, and they do that where they borrow the melody and then put their own rapping, and then you play the hook right off of the record, like Ice Ice Baby, or you like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sting likes that. He does it. And we were talking about money for nothing mm. recently uh, where he, he'll put something in and then say, oh, no, I didn't know you were going to keep that. And like <laughs> suddenly he makes a bunch more extra money because they're using Whoops. the other track. I was just clearing my throat. I didn't know it was going to be a hit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the reaction then is like, so, well, in money for nothing. Who at the time was fucking stroking it, thinking, "What's when's the new Straits record coming out?" Nobody, nobody. When's the new Straits? <laughs> and so, but Sting had had coming off of fucking uh, Synchronicity and then Dream of the Blue Turts, and so he's the addition of him doing a, a version of his song. Yeah, I want my MTV. to the tune of MTV. It does make you pay attention and go, "What the fuck is this?" And then that riff starts, and then later on you figure out, "Oh, who's that mumbling? Oh, this is Straits." <laughs> So I don't know. There, there is a, it kicks it off and brings you out to the dance floor is the idea. I think that like, Oh, fucking sting. I know, but you're fucking putting all that crap on it. And sting could have just said, no, you right. know, that's the thing is he doesn't say no to any of these things. And he's, he says no to Stu and that's it. Yeah, that's right. The only two guys. Yeah. Right. Those guys that help him be who he is. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but this is Sting's thing. And we've talked about this, I think before in the episode, but I even, now I just pulled a clip just to make my fucking point. 
As, and you know his big thing is like surprise. Right. I don't know how many interviews over the decades he's always said, I like to surprise people. You know, right. the loot and uh, the other collabs that he did with with Shaggy or, or whatever. <laughs> Boy, yeah, he insists on that Shaggy thing. Sometimes I wear a marshmallow head when I'm going in with Trudy, <laughs> don't I? <laughs> Put a marshmallow head on. She's who I am. Surprise. <laughs> Marsh gave me my own version. I won't tell you where I put it. <laughs> all right. This is Sting being interviewed by Rick Beato. And I, it's a little quick clip. All right. The essence of all music is surprise. When I listen to a piece of music, if I'm not surprised within the first eight bars, I've stopped listening. <laughs> I've switched off. I need surprise. So composition is really about surprise. So he says surprise in like four times in like 17 seconds. You know? I, I was looking for a two by four to hit myself and then him with. Shut up. I decided, you guys, that, that there's a, a different word I would use for all of these, these endeavors that he thinks are surprising us. So check this out. The essence of all music is disappointment. When I listen to a piece of music, if I'm not disappointed within the first eight bars, I've stopped listening. I've switched off. I need disappointment. So composition is really about disappointment. <laughs> it's not so much the bit that you bothered to do it. I love it. <laughs> and oh what it God. takes to do that. It's so <laughs> funny, David. It's it. so funny. <laughs> but it really is like, he thinks that he's, people are going, whoa, Sting, Sting working with Marshmallow, who's a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he thinks is going on. But the, yeah, the rest true. of us are just going, oh, just another disappointing offering from Sting, you know? And I don't need him to get back with Stu and Andy because I don't think he wants to. And like, I don't want my my heroes to be having a terrible time to satisfy some urge of mine. Like, they made five perfect records outside of a few numbers. And so, like, I, I don't need them to... I don't need them to do Don't Stand So Close to Me 23. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, you guys, the, uh, the best part of this, of Damon's thing is that Damon saying one word, disappointment, as Sting, sounds more like Sting than he does on this track. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Are you going to work with Marshmallow, buddy? <laughs> yeah. And just send him that and go, hey, Marsh, what's up? It's uh, it's DP. Well, DP from Ear and Loathing? <laughs> DP from yeah. Ear and from ENL. Um, so I, I'm going to send you something. It's going to blow your mind. It's just you going, disappointment. <laughs> Work with it. Just put a beat behind it. I don't know, whatever. Hey, Marshmallow, <laughs> this is Get Mellow. <laughs> I like that you're just meeting Marshmallow and you say, I don't know if you probably know me from ENL. Anyways, <laughs> who and what? All right, what? let's get through a little more of this. I mean, you get the point here, but let's just go yeah. a little more. And I fucking have to recue this, but it, who cares? It doesn't matter where we are in the song. <laughs> right, my fucking eyes where I'm getting it, getting the point. <laughs> All right, so it's, we're somewhere around. Let's see. I think around here. We'll keep dancing, dancing as the world turns around and Fucking shut up. And you're right. It feels like a Biza 2001. It just doesn't. Yeah, I mean, or a fucking dentist office. Fuck you. Like this. <laughs> as soon as they did, please don't go. Remember, please don't go. Yeah, and they put yeah. a beat. Like it was over after that, which I think was 1997. Like you said, <laughs> right? <laughs> when I was out on the coast uh, recently, I was in on the ride from the airport to uh, Gitmo HQ. My driver, very sweet Latina, was listening to Coast. 
And it was all songs like this. And it was all, I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is so doctor's office music. Yeah, because those people are 40 now. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you just want it, you want to hear it just enough. But like, no one wants a dead and dreary classical music playing office man. What are you fucking old? So you put this on, but guess what? Half the people performing this are in their 70s. They are old. What the fuck are we doing? They're going to pull something out there. I don't need magazines in your dentist's office. I have my phone. <laughs> You're not fooling anybody with this rodent track, by the way. <laughs> the other takeaway I have from this is... I wish you'd take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. Um, this guy, Marshmello, he got sued or he's getting sued by a producer, just another boring Good. DJ, who did a, a One Direction <laughs> song. And I guess he played a keyboard lick and I listened to both of them. And he, sure enough, Marshmello and one of his songs lifted that keyboard lick for his song, or at least it sounds that way to me. I'm not saying you did it, Marshmello, don't sue me. But to my ear, that's what it sounds like. And apparently to the lawyers of this other DJ does too. So he's getting sued for that. People have said that he's lifted the dead mouse thing, which is, you know, another unoriginal right. thought in his head. And then, uh, you know, he doesn't get Sting and Pinkin to do an original song. He gets just asks Sting if he can use Fields of Gold, which is another sort of just not a, an original idea. So people say, man, you you really sound your age when you talk about the kids and their music. But I'm like, write something of your own, dude. But you know? this isn't for the kids either. I have a hard time trying to pin out who this is for because I don't think that the kids want to hear it either. Because again, I think it's the, if the kids wanted to throw something on, they're not throwing this on. No. I mean, they're just not. It's funny you say that, Aaron, because when I was looking this up now, I know it's only been five days and people just haven't had time to react to it. But <laughs> I, I was at least looking for comments on the YouTube video. And it's there's this long, long list of positive comments. I can't believe Sting and Pink got together with Marshall. It's all fucking fake and contrived. Yeah, you know, their publicists the, do that. Yeah, this yeah. is fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and then like if you try to look up the song or like anybody who's reviewed it on just a you know normal Google search, it's just seven thousand press releases, like some slightly altered version of the. New collab between Sting, Marshmallow, and Pink. And then the next one is new collab between Pink, Sting, and Marshmallow. You know, it's just they <laughs> slightly vary it for their own publication. But it, and then it's the same quotes from Sting. Uh, Marshmallow really started this. You know, and they all their press team, as George just said, you know, the PR team just went into overdrive for this fucking thing. Right. They just flooded. <laughs> the whole thing is just weird and it goes beyond corporate. It's just like, AI or something. It's just all bizarre right. to me. And so depressing to hear that sort of know nothing, like the original part of the song's dancing while the world turns round. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> that sounds like something that sounds like a, a less enthusiastic version of Phil just yelling out. This something should be here. So studio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a way less inspired. And again, these are two, incredibly inspiring performers and writers. I like them both. Fuck Marshmallow, but like those are the two. I totally support them both. And in theory, this would be cool because she has uh, some grit in her voice and Lord knows Sting does too. And it'd be kind of nifty for them to do something like do it a fucking acoustic song. That would be sort of surprising. Like does she do a lot of like straight acoustic stuff or, or like a straight rock track with Sting or, you know, there's some groovy things that could happen with the two of them. And sadly it's this. Pink uh, just picks up an acoustic guitar. Come on, see, let's do something. And then he reaches for the lute and she goes, not so fast. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. When I said something, I didn't say lute. Put that down. (laughs) No lutes. She points to a sign on the wall. No lutes. Sorry. You snooze, you lutes? I don't know. 
by the way, when you when you said uh, marshmallow started this, and, and I thought the next line would be he uh, he backed a, a dump truck full of, of hundred dollar beers in front of my <laughs> front of my house and just dumped it on my on my front stoop in front of me castle. He did. In front of me castle. He did. followed me to Tuscany, didn't he? <laughs> followed me to Tuscany <laughs> with a dump truck, a fleet of dump trucks. He just dropped the gold bars. I got Andy Summers burning down my house about every breath you fucking take. <laughs> I need my money, don't I? <laughs> what happened to Sting's voice? Well, thank you for bringing this full circle because we, this has been mentioned in passing a few times. But again, fucking why, Sting? You don't have yeah. to. You don't need the money. You don't need the relevance. It's, I just read a review of his concert he did down in uh, in San Diego State, I think, mm-hmm. at the stadium there, and it was a fucking rave review. His band is. He always has good musicians. People fucking yeah. love his music. It's fucking Sting, man. So why are you doing this shit? It's not surprising. It's lame. It's fucking lame. It would dude. be funny if the review was just how come? And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> how come? Question mark. Done. Yeah. So I don't know. Do we need to hear any more of this? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like sometimes. Look, I'm all about getting out of these fucking songs as, as quickly as we can. But Damon, I won't be surprised by its its awfulness the more we play. I already know it. Yeah, that's. I true. mean, you could beat me into submission to hate it more and begrudge. You. I feel like the loathers want us to, you know, just keep exploring the space with these with these torture <laughs> songs. But what do I know? They're dancing while the world goes round. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to just do like a few more seconds, see if anything pops into my head. But other after that, we're we're out. Okay. Fair. Like your eyes are going to pop out of your head and your what? ears. Dancing while the world goes round. My eyes are going to pop off my marshmallow mask. <laughs> yeah, he should have googly eyes. That'd be funnier. It's funnier. That's funny. Yeah. All right, here we go. And what does that mean, by the way? Dreaming till the sun goes down? That's what he's. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. You have to take fucking ecstasy, then you'll get it. Be dosed, or you don't get it. It's just yeah. The thing is about ecstasy is what's rad is that I can take ecstasy, and that's all I need. I don't need to listen to this right to like get any further. The ecstasy alone is great. I have a uh, dance club in my brain. That's right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and in my pants. Oh, what? And staying in marshmallow face are there? <laughs> <laughs> get out of my pants, marshmallow! <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Come on, just a few more seconds here. I will stay with you. I'm, I'm done. I, is that I just, a new lyric? What is that? It's not the lyric I know. What is that? <laughs> it's it is a new lyric. It's not my sting. It's a slightly new lyric, but because it's Sting singing it and it's that melody, it just you just think it's Fields of Gold, right? I want it to be Fields of Gold, <laughs> right? <laughs> if I wanted to hear Fields of Gold, I would have played Fields of Gold. Believe me, I have it. I could listen to it if I want to. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna take the words from Dove's Cry with the melody of Fields of Gold. And what if I wanted think? marshmallow involved in my Fields of Gold, I would have some cocoa, wouldn't I? <laughs> I'd have some cocoa and listen. <laughs> I'm gonna take the words of Betting Man and write a print song. Oh wait a second. See? Oh, oh. <laughs> I'll see you in court, my friend. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that garbage. We have uh, Dreaming by Marshmallow, Sting, and Pink. 
Oh, it's called Dreamy. You didn't tell us that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Let me see. Is that right? Wow, what 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 an original title. Yeah. <laughs> like, God, think it. of a good title. It's, it's called Dreaming, isn't it? Like, shut why, up. Why <laughs> fucking drag Theo's F-O-G through the, through the mud? <laughs> That's my point. Leave Fog alone. Leave Fog out of this bullshit. <laughs> All right, so let's let's move on to George and his torture for Aaron of the Brit clan. Tis I. Okay, so... um. I don't I don't traffic in this sort of song very much, but I was uh, I was flabbergasted, you know, by its success in 1974, and uh, you'll know it right away. I think it'll make you sick right away. It checks a lot of boxes as far as I would call this, you know, a, a novelty or or comedy song. It spent uh, three weeks at number one in 1974. So just take that in as you think about writing your own songs. <laughs> Juliet, that's your real name. And go ahead and uh, go ahead and spin this piece of shit. Okay, you said seventy four. You'll seventy four, and you'll know it right away. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is your action news reporter with all the news that is news across the nation on the scene at the supermarket. There seems to have been some disturbance here. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. I was standing over by the tomatoes, and here he come, running through the pole beans, through the fruits and vegetables, naked as a jaybird. And I hollered over to Ethel, I said, don't look, Ethel! And it's too late. She'd already been Did in. they play this on the radio, this whole yes, spoken Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is the song. <laughs> Aaron, do you know, I, I obviously know what it is, but do you know? It sounds like Jonathan Winters. Is it Jonathan Winters? No. That's a good guess. <laughs> a good guess, but it, uh, it's another guy who thought he was this, you know, a, a voice man. You know, the man Apparently of a thousand voices, man of a thousand voices and Danny Gans, 2000 shitty songs, <laughs> Danny Gans, dad, 1974. <laughs> when they get to the chorus, you'll know yeah, right away. You'll know. But we're with Ethel now. They're in the grocery store. There's been a disturbance by the tomatoes. <laughs> by the way, I like George's Alabama accent better than this. George's yeah. is real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. This is ridiculous. Well, this guy's real. He's a real Southerner. But okay. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> I still like yours better, by the way. You'll know him right away. Go ahead. All right. Gitmo's stick together. That's all I'm saying. Is he that fellow with the straw hat and hee-haw? The older fella? <laughs> no. I'm assuming this guy was on hee-haw quite a lot. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, don't, I didn't find anything. I don't remember him on hee-haw, but anyway. All right. Let it roll. <laughs> Already been in sales. Aaron, do you know this one? <laughs> do you know what this is, Aaron? <laughs> Fucking 70s, dude. <laughs> this is uh, on, The Streak by <laughs> oh, that's right. Ray Stevens. Which, <laughs> Ray Stevens. Which takes oh advantage God. of, of course, the, the trend of streaking, which was, you know, running <laughs> nude, usually at sporting events. My favorite thing about streaking was that you're, you're, you're all, it's always, almost always dudes. Um, I don't think women ever did this exactly, but a dude completely nude at a sporting event or somewhere there's a lot of people and completely nude except for like expensive running shoes. Because <laughs> you're going to be running. So that's what. <laughs> so for those of you who weren't alive then, there's a trend called streaking where you ran nude, like at football games. You- do they do that in other lands? Or like, I mean, do, do my Japanese brothers and sisters, do they fucking swing like this? Something so dumb? 
Like, well, it doesn't seem like something that they would get together and do, but but something uniquely us. No, definitely, definitely soccer games and stuff in the UK because this right. also number one on the UK singles charts. But from Damon's forays into this, we know how much they love these type of oh, fucking yeah. songs. They love yeah. It over there. yeah, right. So the yeah, land was, who gave us beautiful artists uh, also just loves this dreck. Yeah. Get it together, dude. Former world power, and that's why. Yeah. And so <laughs> Sorry, we'll continue UK. with this because what really gets me is the comedy part of this and quotes comedy. I mean, forget right, this. It is they, funny. Yeah, is that big so, quotes? So this isn't the only. Just listen to the next thing and just let let it play. You know how the the Gitmos always land on the same page just accidentally with, with our songs and everything. What's funny to me is that the marshmallow sting and pink song makes me want to take off all my clothes and run around a bunch of dudes. <laughs> <laughs> and then write a song about your experience. You want to go streaking. This song makes me want to go streaking. You just wanted to get. You want to take your pants off as long as you're next to a bunch of tomatoes. <laughs> oh my god! All right, okay. here we go. The next section for George. <laughs> that 70s that 70s woo sound uh, they, uh, they put that in there thinking that's super funny they put they put that in there they just voluntarily did that woo that fucking so they whistle. call him the streak it's not the streaker they just call him the streak they call him the streak yeah that's that this was right. raise a take on the on the trend itself yeah and the, number one for three weeks in on what chart Billboard. <laughs> Jesus. Pop, billboard. I mean, it's sort of a country song. Or sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I take that back. It was a hot country single, not a pop single. Songs to drive off Mount Rushmore to? <laughs> yeah. But no, by the way, what they're saying there is boogity boogity, which I think some NASCAR hey, guys Hey, watch it. Now, watch it. Yeah. And and <laughs> and um, that was the name of this album is boogity boogity. There's an album this is on. So... That's what they're saying in the backgrounds there. Boogity boogity. Ray, Ray Stevens has been uh, orbiting the, the the ether for quite some time. Is that is that true? He's, he's out. Oh my god! I have a whole thing on him. I, I can't believe he's still he's still active now. What? <laughs> Big Ray still alive? Still alive? Is he working it. with Marsh? Fuck. He's not why he maybe should. I that's a new, new collab coming. Up. They called him the streak. <laughs> Surprised they have it. So listen to this next scenario. Go ahead. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ray Stevens, still alive, yep. Prince is gone. Yep. George Michael, dead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Just right. to okay. put, put some perspective in this. Yep. Tom Petty, dirt nap. Yeah. George Michael, you're right. Gone. Edward Van Halen, dead. Yeah. Edward, <laughs> gone. Fucking Ray Stevens, cutting records with Marshmallow. Yep. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. All right. If there's an audience to be found, you'll be streaking it around, inviting public critique. This is your action news reporter once again, and we're here at the gas station. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, the. I'm just in here getting my. Is there a laugh track? Yeah, there's a laugh track because because the quote comedy in this is him doing his southern voice. And see, they were at a grocery store, and now they're at a gas station. That's the only difference between what's going to happen in this next scenario. It's just the same thing over again. Did they say critique earlier? Yeah, and part physique of the as well. Yeah, Don't critique his physique. To go yeah. Yes, that's exactly yeah. what the, he said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but in Ray's theater of the mind that he's trying to create for his listeners, there's a studio audience following him around too? I don't know. I don't know. Because it's a news report. 
I guess a news report wouldn't have a laugh track, but no, uh, no, it wouldn't. But uh, it, and, and, it, and a live one too, because it's on the scene is where he is. They're interviewing this fella on the scene who I don't know. I know, and we know his wife's name is is uh, Ethel, Ethel yeah. but uh, we don't know his name really. So listen, to this as the scenario goes on, this is what gets me most about this. Go ahead. Okay. Just in here getting my car checked. And he disappeared out of the traffic. Come streaking around the grease right there. Didn't have nothing on but If I wanted mom. to hear somebody rambling, I'd listen to C.W. McCall. Exactly. That was exactly. At least that had a story to it. Like yeah. he's just going to tell you again that now he's at a gas station. Listen to the rest. Listen to the rest. All right. I looked in there and Ethel was getting her cold drink. I hollered, "Don't look, Ethel!" And it's too late. She'd already been mooned. She'd already been mooned. Mooned, yeah. yeah, and which is stupid because mooning's pulling your pants down. It's not being completely nude. Yeah. The mooning has to be because you're showing someone the crack of the moon. Yeah. So he even fucks that joke up, the ass <laughs> joke in this. He, well, I, I love that they decided to do a second scenario because it's so hilarious that now the same asshole's at a gas station, and then the punchline in quotes is, I told Edith not to look, but she already had it. It's too late. And that's hilarious that, that, that she's Edith or, Edith or Ethel. 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 Ethel's seeing this again. That's the whole, they do it. There's three, there's another scenario after this, which is just a different location with the same stupid lines. I don't think it's very professional to have the laugh track on there. I think they, you should have more faith because they didn't have the faith. They had that when you're streaking, you got to have faith. You know what I mean? And yeah. they don't have any faith in the streak because they're worried that people won't, that it won't land the, the gags and so they put the laughs in there and have the fucking some courage there fuck face this is worse than disco duck because at least disco duck i mean it was i guess it was trying to be funny they didn't have a laugh track on disco didn't have a duck. laugh track and a whoo whistle and shit i mean <laughs> you know i mean like it's just I, I, this was comedy this is what comedy was yeah i was gonna say you know fuck the people from the 70s for real and this goes back to the to a, a famous quote from ear and loathing there weren't enough kids with money to to make this song a hit a lot of no. dumb fuck adults bought this song no one had made any money in the 70s like I, I like certainly not kids it all it was adults like it was a yeah. big deal to buy a record you didn't do it lightly no, i can yeah. i can attest to this directly my friends I, 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 everyone knew about streaking then. Sure. You know, and I thought it was funny and, um, and, in, and, you know, you're, it has nudity. So to me, it was sexy to be, I was eight years old and that was funny and daring and whatever. But I, I, when I, I did not like this song then. And I think mostly cause I didn't, even then I didn't like country music and with a banjo in it, it just sound dorky. <laughs> you mean, I did not think it was funny. Did you like the cleavage anything. on Hee Haw though? I did. Yes, okay. exactly. You're still American. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Exactly, still an American, and and even um, my friend Jerry Howell, he's ten years older than me, and if, if, the closest thing to I've ever had for a big brother. And so in 1974, he's graduating from high school, and streaking is huge. So um, uh, at Bob's Big Boy on Friday night after the big football game, him and three of his buddies put on top hats, spats, and canes, and otherwise are nude, and they streak through Bob's Big Boy. <laughs> <laughs> they just and, ran they came in the front door because there's only one door so they came in the yes. front door ran around the booths and then and went back out. out the front yeah, and ran out yes. and, <laughs> and and then and then at the end of it of course Burbank police come because this is a big deal and they run into a van to put their clothes on but the police collar them and Jerry gets in Jerry gets in the most trouble because 
it just so happens that his birthday's in January, so he's 18 and the rest of the kids are 17. Oh, so he gets the c- contributing to the delinquency of minor charge oh, also. And they put him in jail for it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, they give him a blanket and everything and put him in jail because he's nude and fucking spats. And, and, he, and, of course, he was my hero for doing that. Absolutely my wow. hero. I'm like, wow, you did that Friday night after a football game. So I had some experience <laughs> with streaking or thinking it was cool. And this song was not part of that. I didn't. I did not buy this. I didn't like it. I, I just can't. I, you I, were the target market, George. I know. An eight-year-old like boy. Yes, yeah. exactly. Who yeah. who thought streakers were heroes? Yeah, I did. It's literally not big for anyone but you, and you thought it was dumb. <laughs> like I wish I could be old enough or whatever to streak or have the literally both the, the figuratively and literally the balls to do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, George! Thank God you weren't in that van. He would have had a whole other set of fucking. Oh my God! Yeah, there, there's there's a world where maybe when I was twelve or thirteen, oh. I would have demanded to go. You're right. Oh my God! Thank God he cooler heads prevailed. Exactly. Your boy'd have a this, few other problems. Yeah, boy. But but by then, back then, they would have been. Ah, oh, he's just fooling around. <laughs> Ah, he's a naked eight-year-old in the van. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was 1974, right? By the way, George, another box we can check with George. He was a kid with money who could buy this if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't. Yeah, I could, yeah, I bought records then, yeah. I like C.W. McCall. <laughs> Little Lord Fowler I wanted for nothing over there in San and Marino. still didn't want this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd rather have nothing. He'd rather have nothing than suffer for less. <laughs> <laughs> well, so get back to Ethel, okay. please. <laughs> Nick, it is a Jay Bird. Rock Baron from Shop Song. So, is this a live version, maybe? No, this is the single. This is the record. No, I know, but could he have recorded it live? I don't think so. No, this is that's that's canned laughter brought in. Okay, I'm yeah. just giving him the the benefit of the doubt. But let's go here. It's from the album Boogity Boogie. It's not a live record. <laughs> <laughs> the Chuck Berry song, My Dingling, was live, and that was a hit yeah, single. Yeah, it was a novelty song. This was not. This does not say it was live. <laughs> okay. George probably, uh, like, interestingly, liked My Dingling as an eight-year-old, but didn't cotton to fucking the streak. <laughs> I, did not, I did not like any 50s music. Still kind of don't. <laughs> Go back to this, please, and we'll hear one more, then we can get out of this. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a studio. I mean, maybe it's some sort of hybrid of a live performance, but those girls singing are definitely in the studio. Yeah. That's not live singing. Let's hear a little more from Ethel. Okay. Calling the street. See, turn the other cheek. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, uh, hey, Jerry, let's, let's go ahead and back off the whistle. <laughs> Dial that back. I would run into the studio and just just fucking fly in and tackle him like Ray Lewis style. Just come at him sideways, knock the fucking thing out of his hand. Exactly right. Whack! Yep. Yep. George, I don't know that I agree 100% with your police work. According to this comment, now, mm-hmm. we have no idea if this is true or not. I'm not verifying it. Mm-hmm. But it, this comment says, this song was a number one hit for three weeks on Billboard's Top 100 in May of 74. It says Hot Country Singles. 
Oh, sorry, you're right. Sorry, it's sorry. It was number three on Hot Country Singles. I didn't read that right. Yeah, Go this Hot 100. Yeah, it's number one. Yep. On the this was a charts. giant, giant hit, and and a lot of dummies bought it. Okay, I'm gonna so. tell you. I'm gonna tell you why in a minute too. Why it was a giant, giant hit. But play a little more, then I'll tell you the background. Right. Okay. Supporter in the booth at the gym covering the disturbance at the basketball playoff. Pardon me, sir. Did you see what happened? Yeah, deep. Hey, Tom, I was just going down there to get Ethel a snow cone. Here it come, right out of the cheap seat. Dibbling. Right down the middle of the court. Yeah, that's canned, for sure. It's... <sighs> yeah, they're at the basketball game, if you guys... Can you guess what's going to happen? <laughs> hmm. With Ethel? Do you... Do you... <laughs> <laughs> is she gonna streak? Here's wow, hoping. you ruined the ending, Aaron. You, you ruined the end. That's exactly what happens. She joins in. She's just oh been. Boy. She's she's all fired up from seeing uh, the streak dongs. so many times. From yeah. seeing dongs in her face. <laughs> dongs right. are flapping. Wow. <laughs> at, at the Bob's Big Boy. <laughs> Bob's Big Boy with Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> Did the Burbank Tribune say three little boys? <laughs> pollute Bob's big boy with filth. The Daily Review said the Burbank yeah. Daily Review if there was a, 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 a police blotter. <laughs> the Burbank shank. <laughs> Couldn't have on nothing but his head. Made a hook shot and got out through the concession stand. I hollered up at Ethel. I said, don't look, Ethel! too late. She'd already got a free shot. Sometimes, sometimes humor is time sensitive. Sometimes things don't translate. Where like Lenny Bruce, like it's a tough listen because so it's so much of it just doesn't translate. Yeah, truly, and it seems sort of dry, and it doesn't seem very funny, and da 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 da. But like with this, I'm stunned and amazed that it was humorous to anyone, even at the time. And exactly. like, I really do think it's a beautiful yeah. thing to say that like you, the prime mover in this, surrounded by streakers, by the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking didn't want this bullshit. You're like, sell it to somebody else. Okay. I'm a big city boy with big boy dreams. And I don't want any of this horsing around. I just didn't like it. I don't, I don't know the words to this. In fact, when I played it right now, I was like, Oh, I didn't know there was a news report. I mean, I knew the thing they call in the street. I knew that I didn't remember it exactly, but when I heard it, but I didn't, I didn't know there was all these, these, this terrible comedy setup and him just doing a Southern voice. Right. Like, haha, he's a hick. Like, what's yeah. funny? I don't like the everyone laughs when you, hey, Ethel, don't look. Like, that's the punchline to this story or this joke or whatever it is. I don't is understand. Raymond Stevanovich from uh, south of the Macy Dicks? He is. <laughs> All right. So he's not, at least he's not um, just going there to be like, this is what a dumb person does. Yeah, Carpetbagger is what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Sheesh. All right. So it's not funny. We can we can leave it now if you want. And it's not fun anything. either. It's not funny. It's, it's not fun. It's just him yelling at Ethel, put your clothes back on. That's the ending to this stupid. And so shit. like that 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 hitch is that don't look Ethel, that's the thing. That's the that's the button that yeah, he keeps that, yeah, going that back is a, to. I guess you could call it a button, yes. The, the video that George sent, it's just a you know, a static cover. It looks like the single cover because it yeah. says it's from Boogity Boogity, so it's obviously not Boogity Boogity. And so it's a picture of Ray Stevens, fakey nakey, you know, and, and he's he's running by it. It's a, and there's a sound effects and, and it says whoosh as if he's running. Yeah, <laughs> and he's streaking. And, he's and of a, course, there's a streak. big yellow oval, and it says, "Don't look, Ethel." In the oh oval, my God. Yeah, on the, he was on so the cover. psyched about that um, that line, that line. Yeah. 
And I don't, I didn't remember that or I don't see anything in this research I've done that that was like his hook or something. Dude, can you imagine the sheer amount of uncles that thought that was funny? Like, don't look at it. Like, like, like you get together on Thanksgiving to watch the big game Yeah, and, and how often that would come up and guys who just someone fucking, streaks on the well not even game, streaking yeah. just people saying that like as a as a as a trying to be funny about the potatoes or something you know what i mean like just saying <laughs> we're gonna, like, we gonna cut this turkey don't look Ethel. yeah you know like oh wrong yeah he's Jesus. saving it up all mm-hmm. night to drop it right at the but right then he, but then he dusts off three more fucking chivises and then he does like three more times and he's like oh dude <laughs> you did it that's like it's a we're, we're at a six pack of them for, to, for the night luther <laughs> well so george are we done i mean we're done yeah i just call it a streak i'll give you a little background on this piece of shit (laughs) like even feelings is a ubiquitous thing from the time that, that just like this which everyone knew what it was that even feelings at least was an attempt at a song i guess and then we ripped it off but it was a an attempt, and I, I, I'm like, I have to do this turd because it was so culturally significant that everyone knew what this was. And I mean, I didn't know the song, but I knew, I knew what streaking was, and I knew there was a song about it. And so here's the background that's interesting to me. So he's on a plane. Ray Stevens is on a plane, and he's reading about it because streaking's already a thing. He didn't make this up. This is his response to it. And he says, which I had trouble finding and remembering anything. He says there there was about already about fifteen other songs released that were about streaking, and I don't I've never heard of any of them. No, I couldn't find any of them. You, a theoretical streak enthusiast, yeah, yeah, trying to capitalize <laughs> on this same stupid trend and writing a song about it. It just so happens here's what happens with him. He he writes a few things down because he reads a man magazine article about it. Later on, he's he he decides to complete the song and rush it out. And and you guys probably remember this. So uh, exactly less than a week when he when he releases this song, okay, he's released it, and like three days later are the Academy Awards, and that's the famous one with David where Niven. the na- yeah. the naked guy whose name Robert Opal, which I didn't know. <laughs> um, yeah, streaks across behind David Niven, and so now streaking even gets a bigger boost in the public because at that time you realize the fucking Academy Awards like the Super Bowl. Like the entire nation is watching it. Yeah. And this guy does this and it's three days after he releases this song. So this song, that's why it goes to number one. Oh. Was because just by an accident of, that's how it makes it is from that. It's taking the world by storm. People were stroking it to streaking just like they were stroking it to trucks, dude. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Same thing. Yeah. But this really was a singular moment where, you know, I, I can't, I can't emphasize more the, the power of the, of the Academy Award audience then. I mean, now they struggle to get ratings right. and I don't know even how much longer they'll put it on TV. But back then, I mean, they. It was like 70 you know, million people would watch it or something oh, yeah, ridiculous. Like everyone yeah. in the country is yeah, watching it. Yeah. yeah. And so that guy's the king of streakers and everyone goes out and buys a stupid record after it. It's just, <laughs> I, the thing is, I didn't remember. And here's the thing with Ray Stevens. I've explored his catalog for this show. Oh, you have? Yeah, a little okay. bit. He's known for these novelty songs, but the, from what I could tell, they were more song songs where like they were goofy and probably, you know, Dr. Demento worthy, but at least it was sort of like a song. And I remember the streak that they, they call him the streak. I remember that chorus. Right. 
I don't think I've ever sat and listened to these fucking horrible comedy pieces he's trying to put together. Yeah, I know. Ethel and all Yeah, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. So, a little about Ray that you, I did not know and you will not believe. So, he starts his career, um, and in, what what year is this? Uh, I, maybe 71, I think it is. You know the song, Everything is Beautiful? Yeah. Everything is beautiful in its own way, that song. Right. He writes that song and wins a Grammy for it. That's his first song, is Everything is Beautiful. 70, March of 70 is Everything is Beautiful. And then Misty, which is the jazz standard, he also had a hit with that. But then suddenly, uh, and you'll love this, Damon, this is part of the reason I could, I, I hope, to, I'm happy to say this. His, one of his first novelty hits before the streak was called Guitarzen. <laughs> oh, Tarzan. Guitarzen. Guitarzen, but Guitarzen. Right. <laughs> and it's a whole thing about Jane and Tarzan. There's a whole... I didn't even bother to even fuck with it. it but the, that's his first novelty hit. Then The Streak. And then you ask, is he still doing things? Like, there's things throughout his entire career where, like, he makes a whole record making fun of Barry Manilow. Fuck off for that, by the way. I don't tolerate <laughs> that. I do not tolerate that. In 79, he has a whole record called, uh, this first the single's called, I Need Your Help, Barry Manilow. And it's a tribute parody record called The Feeling's Not Right Again, making fun of Barry's record, which had a similar title. Fuck then, you, Ray. Then in, the, <laughs> then, in, then in the 80s, Mississippi Squirrel Revival in 84, which is some story about a squirrel. Then, then this is the one that got me. In, in 2002, after the September 11th attacks, he releases Osama Yo Mama. <laughs> the <laughs> album. <laughs> And it's a whole collection of him making fun of, I guess, Osama bin Laden. Yep. It's important to, fu- to to laugh. Look, it's important to laugh. But but I don't know that that was, you know, maybe stay out of that game right, during that time, Ray. Stay out of the time. And currently, <laughs> since 2015, he has um, <laughs> he has a show that's on PBS. It's called Cabba Ray. Get what he did there? That's stupid. Wow. He's full of and, uh, gems. Uh-huh. And then and then um in 2015 he also released a Taylor Swift spoof single called Taylor Swift is stalking me. So he's still at it, my friends. Oh. Currently Ray is at it. Wow. <laughs> he's right up to date. Meanwhile, we sit around and do this show. Like we should have been doing <laughs> shitty novelty songs the whole time. Should have been writing the streak. You know, I don't critique his physique. <laughs> and turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. <laughs> don't look, Ethel. Don't be a geek. Don't be a gig. Don't look, Ethel. But it's too late. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. It's not funny. Oh, my God. I, I love just, stupid I just... humor. I love us. So, like, <laughs> duh. Stupider the better. But, like... Just uh, writing-wise. I mean, why have the same scenario three times right. with the same joke at the end? Why... So now we're at a gas station. Now we're at a basketball game. It doesn't heighten, does it? Except well, for she no. gets into it, right? She, so that's the, the heightened. She's streaking too. Yeah. So well, you needn't the... you needn't do three scenarios together there. Yeah. No, you don't. Raymond, the same ones. We don't, you don't need to do the same thing three. Fuck like off. if you want to do a different, maybe he does a different voice. Like it's a, a girl now or something. Or he right. does a different hick. You know, he does he does a a Clem. Then he does a gubernatorial. You know, he does a different guy. You know, or something. <laughs> Or like the three streakers, their dicks keep getting bigger and more menacing. <laughs> Something. Why weren't you in the room? Anything that, to make the story. That's different. the funny thing is that like, what are we really talking about? But we can't really talk about it. So like, are you feeling proud of yourself that we're talking about nudity, but you're uptight because we can't get into what you just said, you know, 
Well, and I also it's don't so like the, the veiled implication too of that. So his his wife can't look because why? She'll go crazy for this guy's dick because it's not proper. But it's too late, and then she joins him anyway, which I don't like the implication of like, yep, she wanted to get laid too. She was transfixed by this guy's dick. So. <laughs> but she just wants to party in a streaking way. She doesn't. She doesn't necessarily want to bone the streak. But that's under there, isn't it? <laughs> well, I guess. But they're not. So, they're not. He's not getting sexual with the lingo. He's just saying that he likes to party in a nude way because it's improper. Because yeah, yeah. I have a problem with this whole joke story. I have a whole problem with it. <laughs> My takeaway was that Ethel was a whore. Yes, exactly. That's the <laughs> living under a cloud of darkness up until the streak appeared. The scourge of drugs <laughs> and loins, raw loins displayed in Burbank <laughs> at the Bob's Big Boy. <laughs> Frishes if you're on the other side of the Mississippi. <laughs> Frishes. I thought it was called Shoney's. I don't fucking know. I think it is a Shoney's. Uh, yeah, it's Frishes somewhere too, and then it is a Shoney's. Yeah, I know. I've, I've I'll buy the Shoney's burnt out Shoney's. Out. Yeah. Yeah, when I went to visit my dad in Alabama, let's go to Shoney's. And I'm yeah, like, it's Frishes up north on the other side of the Sip, and then yeah, down south go. it's the Shoshones. We get we get to Shoney's, and I'm like, oh, this is Bob's Big Boy. They have the fucking guy and everything. He's just called Shoney's. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I liked all those places you guys are naming, but I was a Sambo's guy myself. Oh! Yes, Sambo's, yeah. yeah. God Sambo's, damn. Yep. How the oh, fuck yeah. did that get through any meeting? I don't care if it was the 70s. Jesus I still Christ. have the original one in uh, in Santa Barbara. It's not called Sambo's anymore. It's not. It's yeah. not. It now has a, like an Arabian theme where, you know, they're the bad guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's the first one. It's the first one. It's called Towelheads. <laughs> it's called, called Towelheads. It's the same type of sensitivity. <laughs> Fucking it's called Santa Osama Barbara. Yo Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking be better, Santa Barbs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maybe it's gone by now. Buttholes. But, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, is that it, Georgie? Anyway, that's it. That's it for right. Stevens in the street. I hope you... <laughs> Woo! Right. That's really bad, you know, but like I would... Th- there's something that's happening to me where it's reminding me... It's garbage. It's garbage and it's not funny. <laughs> Flat, uh, full stop. But I will say that there's something that's reminding me... I love to be able to see the almost naked ladies on Hee Haw when I was a kid. Yes. And it's yes. reminding me enough of that. So like there's some sort of warmth for me there uh, somehow like little kids giggling at it might, yeah yeah might be worthwhile right yeah. yeah yes whereas damon's offering is uh uninspired and a waste of two great artists time and goodwill like and too many marshmallows but like i'll tell you what pink is thrown fucking clear it's as if she wasn't even there because it had so annoying about what's going on with Sting. Yeah. Pink is thrown free. Yeah, she's unscathed by that endeavor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a shit cyclone with marshmallows. <laughs> yeah. And she got thrown. Somehow she made it to safety. Yeah. She landed inside of a barn or she's a bunker okay. or something. Or- <laughs> Everyone expects it from Marshmallow and Sting just looks like a like a butthole. I'm sorry to say. I got it. I love you, Gordon. But uh, I got to give it to that. It's way, it bums me out a lot more because I can think of boobies at least when I think of the other thing. So. <laughs> at least you get to see Ethel's boobies. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're joining the streakers. <laughs> Stretch your stuff, Damon. I'm taking off my, my pants to go streaking as I play this. The winner takes it Streak, 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 Marshmallow, marshmallow. Pink, pink, Two in the pink, one in the stink. Run away. Pink, one in the stink. 
All right. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> what a horrible fucking... These were totally completely different pieces of shit for different for reasons. For sure. <laughs> oh, bad business. Well, I got the fucking... I got the solution if you're interested. Yes, not, please. Not my solution by, by Brian Wilson. Not that. <laughs> I got my own solution. Let's get uh, Majel in here to show us the way, shall we? Thank God. Yeah. Show please. me the way. Here we go. <laughs> Sorbet. Ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> uh, in keeping with the earlier racism. It's a through line. That's the name of the of the Sambos here in Glendale. This was changed to Ancient <laughs> Chinese secret. <laughs> oh my God damn it. Way to punctuate it, Aaron. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do what we can. Uh. All right. Walk us up to this lovely sorbet, please. This man uh, was a god uh, uh, to me of an arranger, of a performer, and seemed like a groovy guy, too. He uh, was involved with uh, a few of my heroes uh, as, a, as a vocal arranger. I remember still that when this record came out, it's spinning on the Black Station in L.A., KDAY, and it came out in 81. So it's like, that was a deep, funky time in 81. So we're talking about Gap Band. We're talking about this guy. We're talking about all kinds of shit. OJs. We're talking about the spinners. With those sort of later records. Commodores. Fucking amazing stuff. Richard James. Uh, a lot of heavy, <laughs> dirty shit. A lot of fucking rad shit. Just monster performers. And I couldn't believe how great this sounded. And it's produced by by this performer, too. Uh, and so, so it sounds so great. And it still sounds great. And uh, let's just spin it. And then we'll we'll name check it as soon as we spin it. Know exactly what it is the moment you hear it. All right. Yeah! Yeah. That groove been sampled, yeah, a few times by Marshmallow. I have those. I have those, I have those uh, listed. Yeah, but many times, yeah, many it, times. It sounds familiar. This is one of those songs that I would equate it, or I would put it next to Billy Jean, in that every part of it is a hook. Every part, the yeah, rhythm, the bass, right. uh, the licks, the vocal arrangement is astonishing, uh, and his performance is unsurprisingly glorious uh luther the velvet voice vandros coming at you with never too much this is his debut single luther ran as a vocal performer and vocal arranger all through the latter half of the 70s got signed in like 80 and this was the first record in 81 so like he's the main guy in arranging along with david bowie all those vocals on all the backup vocals on the entire young americans record um, and, and he's, he there's with, that famous live video of them. Uh, and yeah. he's in the group of singers, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, as he was on, on, on. So he worked with Bowie, Roberta Flack, Donny Hathaway, Todd Rundgren, Judy Collins, Shaka Khan, Bette Midler, Diana Ross, Benny King, Stevie Wonder, Donna Summer, all these people before he had his record. So like, how the fuck did it take so long for him to get a deal? But he was he probably was busy. Just working. He was busy. Just working. Right. Yeah. And so. Luther Ronzoni Vandros <laughs> dropped the record in fucking 81. And by the way, his middle name is Ronzoni. How awesome is that? Yeah. That's my favorite dish at uh, Ancient Chinese Secret in Glendale. That's right. right. By the way, by the way, he, he resisted the the urge and probably the record company's suggestion to call himself Ronzoni instead of the, Luther the Vandross. Big, the big Ronzo. 
<laughs> I bet you in, in particular company, he would refer to himself as the Ronzo from time to time. Oh, of course he would. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so like, let's let's listen to uh, Luther lay it down. There's just no, you, it doesn't get done better than this for uh, pop at the time. Pop R and B is fucking destructive. Marcus Miller on the bass, by the way. Nice, insane. Who's who's playing drums? Uh, Buddy Williams and then uh, <laughs> Errol Bennett on percussion. Keep an ear open for. I don't know if you've ever been around. Um, what's that? What's the game? Uh, 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 what is it called? The kids today love it. It's, oh, it's pickleball. Like, pickleball. Pickleball. Yeah. There's a sound. There's a pickleball court right near my house, and so it goes. It's the sound it makes, <laughs> and there is that sound as there is a percussion hit strategically throughout the song. <laughs> That sounds just like that. <laughs> and Luther Luther also gives himself credit for a percussion arranger. And I'm willing to believe that's 100% true. I think that Luther could do everything. Right. And he's got Sissy Houston on backups, T.A.G., Yvonne Lewis, Michelle Cobbs, Brenda White, Sybil Thomas, uh, pretty much just like a murderer's row of, uh, of backup singers. And half of those people I just named uh, were also on uh, Young Americans. So he rolled heavy with those two. That was six years prior to this. So he had a group that he rallied with and they just fucking nail it. And it's a very inspired performance by him. And that fucking hook, the never too much, never too much, never too much is, is just so fun fucking rad and and gospely and energetic and makes me so happy all the time i love it i just want to hear it i can't talk about it enough but i'd rather listen to it yeah all right And it's not an easy thing to sing what he's doing. No, it's not. No way. <laughs> it's real. There's a lot going on, but he keeps it so fucking, we're talking about being compact and, and compressed and he's got it and his fucking control of the microphone is obviously he's a massive pro. The fact that this is his first solo record has nothing. I mean, he's got all this studio time, all this live time, uh, you know, a ton of church in. So he's got experience, experience, experience. He knows exactly what the dimensions are of his voice. And it's one of those things. It's like people who, shouldn't be driving a great big car because they don't know how to park in LA. Uh, he knows how to park that voice fucking anywhere. Yeah. He can get in and out of fucking an inch of space. He could put that shit in there. Um, just glorious. If we, let's say in some weird hypothetical world where we, one of us had to sing the song. Okay. Let's say you got all the words down. Let's say you got the melody down and you weren't singing pitchy or anything. Right. And you're even getting the speed of it down. Right. And, and yeah, the you're not tripping over the words. Yeah. But the, getting the breaths in there—that's yeah. where—that's what separates the men from the boys. And and, and you right. you go, oh, look, Damon's trying to breathe, and between all his words, you can hear him doing it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> Jesus, no one knows how hard that is. Yeah, like and, and you could try to do this in in like karaoke or something, and you you would fail miserably. But like you could make it through a drunky version of it. But first of all, even if you knew the words, you'd stumble over them because it's way harder than it seems. And he's doing some acrobatics in a in a very tasteful way. He's showing off, but keeping it tight, 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 tight. Being a pro. He's just a pro. He has all this confidence in where he can go and what the arrangement's all about uh, and where the hooks are. And like I say, when you when every part is a hook, 
but you got a ton of lyrics and a ton of work to do and still staying out of the way of everything. It's amazing. The craft of it is astonishing to me. It means so much to me, this song. In fact, as far as it's, it's sort of cultural significance. I love, I loved that he was always so supportive by the black community as I understood it at the time, which was not much being a fucking little honky motherfucker, but we lived, we lived in a, in a pretty non-white neighborhood and no one would tolerate a, a shady word about Luther. It was not going to happen or denigrating him in any kind of way. And it was always so sweet to me that the toughest motherfucker seemed to be like, Luther's a motherfucker though. You know? <laughs> Those right. dudes who yeah, would rather listen that. to like, and spend a lot of time with the more macho Rick James or whatever, or Teddy Pendergrass and stuff like that. Outwardly macho. We all know the other story, but like outwardly macho, <laughs> but they knew what was going on with Luther or at least suspected. And God bless. He needed to do his own thing. He had to keep, he needed to keep it quiet. But like no one would tolerate any bullshit about Luther. It's a no-fly zone. And I love that about the community as I understood it. It was really special to me. It was really, really cool uh, how fucking huge he got. And, you know, he, he passed too early. And that's a drag. I think that his birthday on April 20th should wipe the schmutz uh, of Adolf Hitler's birthday also being that same day. I think that it needs to be completely removed from the calendar as, as anything other than just Luther's birthday. Here we go. Any hour, day or night that I don't love you You're at the top of my list Cause I'm always thinking of you I still remember in the days When I was scared to touch you How I spent my day dreaming Planning how to say I love you You must have known that I feel Did Luther write this? Yeah, and okay. produced it And arranged every part of it Nice Feelings yeah. deep enough to swim in That's when you opened up your heart And you told me Fat drum sound. Yeah, what dude. It? It's such a fucking mother. It's so big. Who's playing uh, the drums? Uh, it is Buddy, Buddy Williams. B dubs. Session fucker. Yeah, that's going to say it sounds like a Picaro or something. Yeah, right. it's a fucking stone <laughs> groove. Love that string arrangement gliding through there a little bit, a little Philly soul. You know, there's a little bit of like the miracles stuff as well out of Motor City, but like its own thing. Ultimately, it feels very West Coast to me. And I don't really know why, maybe because I was on the West Coast in 1981. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm just seeing myself in it. It seems, it seemed diegetic to my life. Like this was a song that was in my brain. And oh, yeah. And it was just so lovely like i would be in the car this would be there i would get out and i would strut to it like in my own <laughs> 10 year old way you know <laughs> i loved it at least you weren't streaking no dude i kept my pants on and You're i strutted god damn West Coast strut. yeah that's right <laughs> call me the strut let's spin it some more Never too much, never too much, never too much. <laughs> yeah! That fucking hit. It's so crazy where it just stalls out. Bow. It's a weird, weird choice. Yeah. It's a crazy choice. Everything is just placed perfectly, too. Yeah, dude. 
God you were talking about the strings before, and it's like it's not subtle, but it's also not overbearing. It's exactly. just everything's just slotted right in where it needs to be. Yeah, and the fucking it hooks a plenty. Like every little part, like those backup singers are like. You could sample them and you'd not, my point being that like you could take a sample in the same way with Billie Jean, you could take any one of those and use them in a, in a hit of today and you go, oh fuck, you'd cop it immediately. Mm-hmm. Even a novice music head would listen to that and go, oh, that's fucking uh, the second keyboard part in uh, Billie Jean. <laughs> what? Well, maybe, maybe Marshmallow needs to take a shot at this, guys. <laughs> I don't want him. I'll fucking burn the studio down, baby. And push them into the briny deep. Yeah, God speaking bless. of roasting marshmallows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Nice one, David. <laughs> you recovered nicely from that other nice. one. Nice. <laughs> I'm sticking with Get Romeo. What did I say? Get Momeo? Yeah, that's the one I think you're apologizing for with that recent <laughs> yeah. good one. I wasn't a fan Get of Romeo, that Romeo, I think, is what you wanted to say. I'm happy Get that you have the courage of your convictions. I like that about you. You put it out there. It just wasn't as good as some of the other ones, is all I'm saying. That's how jokes work. You, put, you can't be afraid to put them out. Either people yeah. respond or they don't, but you got to be able to pitch it out there. I don't know. Your toes are still tapping. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens? I'm, I'm the Wayne Gretzky of of Ear and Loathing. I just take. So He's many the shots. great one, and you're the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think that Damon Pivotone. I want this on record. Is among the funniest people I know on this planet. So oh. there, you, there you Starting have. Starting with so. the Shorn joke. We know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So many British New Wave bands were influenced by that guitar. Totally. God damn it. Like, this is an ABC song, essentially, right, at this time. Spandau Ballet, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Spandau for days. Mm -hmm. And it's impressive how how much they got that right, these these kids. And it was always like their first or second album. That's what's so amazing about those New Wave guys is that they got it right fucking quick. It didn't sound like they were a bunch of yabos when they were trying to cop this stuff. They sounded legit. Particularly a lot of big bass and, and like, as you pointed out, like the string arrangement sounded very cool. Right there, the point where we are in the song, there's a string part happening, but it's low as fuck. It's this little hum, like way, 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 way low on the right hand side. And it's, it's so subtle, but it's fucking there. Hum? Meaning what? Yeah, it's like a string. A, a person humming? No, no, it's like, the, the, yeah, oh, string. strings. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there's a string the, the, and it's, I think it's both uh, being played with a real light hand, but also like mixed expertly. But I love that it's there. You take it away and it would there would be an emptiness. So it's just a really smart, cool choice. There's not one misstep in it, as with many of our sorbet songs. But like, this is one of those. Yep. Here we go. Woke up today, looked at your picture just to get me started. I called you up, but you weren't there and I was broken hearted. Hung up the phone, can't be too late. The boss is so demanding. So what's cool about this to me is that like, if you were going to get a quote of this song from someone, like run up to them and go, yeah, as like my, I was like to say, I pull up to George on the street, I leap out and I run up to George's face and I go, never too much. He would probably get around to the bus is so demanding. He would get to that part. He would get to this verse. He wouldn't do the first verse. It would be the second verse, which to me is a testament to how glorious a song is. If your quotability starts the second verse, meaning that we got you all the way to this point, you were so focused on it, <laughs> this new song, that you started memorizing the second verse yeah. in, into your brain, into their gray matter, you know? Me fucking around in the first verse still got you 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was screwing around, uh, gearing up towards, you know, my boss is so demanding <laughs> that you were standing. It's just a really joyous, like that whole, the picture that he paints there is very sweet and very joyous and says all kinds of groovy stuff. It's economy. Despite the fact that there's a ton of words in this fucking song, that verse is so economical and, and so well done. It's sort of heartwarming to me. Uh, it's a sweet thing. It's not, it's not a fucking song. Despite the fact that it's sexy, you know, it's a sweet song. That's me. what I was going to say about this is I'm sitting here uh, in, in the dark of my office, which I'm enjoying a lot. Um, <laughs> the, I, when, I, when I'm grooving to this, I, my, my arms are up like it's triumphant. Yeah, and there's yeah. something that's triumphant about this that is glorious. Totally. That's not. Yeah. Also, I was because when I when I think of Luther, right or wrong, I, I also think of Barry White. Mm-hmm. And there's something about Barry that's maybe it's just deepness of his voice. I don't know. It is that everything. Everything feels sexual. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not triumphant in the way that this is, or what you just said. And there's a feeling for that. And also, I also get a feeling now of, of this of like. Um, what year did this come out? Uh, 81. Yeah. It's, it's, this is 81 Jet Magazine. This is like mm-hmm. modern, black, you know, go into the future. There's something triumphant about the way he's putting this. Yeah. And it was, yeah. and, and white America was ready to like him. And yes. so, and, and so there was a time where this was getting over, but he was getting over without pussing out. Cause this is, there's nothing fucking, God bless Lionel, but like when Lionel got over, he got over, by leaving much of the what got him there behind, and there, you know, look, there's right, nothing the fucking gritty, wrong with that. Gritty Commodores, right, right, right. right. And yeah. Lionel could fucking lay it with anybody, but Luther didn't do that, particularly not on this record. Like later on, it got a little bit more syrupy and stuff. But like, okay, I like that when Luther got over and when White America was ready to hear it, he got over it this way. Right, and so correct me if I'm wrong. He he was he was like secretly gay. Yes. Yes, at this time. That was the thing about it. And, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's part of what makes this different than a Barry yeah. White record. And you're yeah. hearing that even though no one, I don't, I don't, I don't remember knowing that when I was a kid, no one knew that, right? Yeah. There's a, there's yeah, a yeah. few artists where there is an, they inherently, they never asked for my protection, but they inherently, I feel that way about them. Yeah. And there's a large number of them, perhaps for that reason, but he just seems so fucking sweet. He was so sort of adorable. And he seemed like a pro, like fucking just on it, showing up, doing his work and just always fucking delivering like on all the award shows where you come on and it, none of that stuff is easy. You're sitting in this cold ass fucking room with no vibe. You go and just obliterate the joint, you know, Yeah, it's just so neat, you know, and like he was the king of that to me. So sad when he died and, and like he was up and down with his weight all the time. And I think it was very, very painful to probably to not be able to be himself openly. It's too bad that, you know, this is a time where he could, he could have lived, he could have been a glory. He would have been one of those fucking guys. Same with Prince. Uh, it just makes me so sad because it would have been the coolest fucking old dudes in the world. Yeah, totally. Like, oh my gosh. It's yes. so great to see these guys be old men and sitting in with people at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or whatever, just showing up at clubs, being an old man. There was all rumors about him having AIDS when he lost weight, right? Yeah, but he gained yeah. and lost it all the time, and he uh, yeah, yeah. It's, and suddenly he got skinny and lost like hundred yeah. pounds or something. Yeah, and who knows what yeah. the story was? Like either way, it's tragic, and it was. But he's such a it's such a success that he was able to have a, a such a neat career, and and there's always these songs. Uh, there's a song on this record called "She's a Super Lady" that may be funkier. 
Yeah, wow. <laughs> it may be funkier. And it's and it's an insanity it song. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so, only yeah. because this had yeah. the quality of, of pop and the yeah, shine right. of pop. Like undeniable. Yeah. There's no one who could listen to this and not hear it for a pop gem too. Which yeah. is how hard is that? And it doesn't push out in any kind of R and B way. It never gets out of that lane, but it's so perfectly made that it sounds like pop music. Agreed. You could say the thing about anything that anything that Smokey Robinson ever touched. Same story, but mm. but that was that was a different. It wasn't funky. It was something else. Different time, know? yeah. Yeah. No. Anyways, let's listen to some more of this, and then uh, we can tighten it up. But fucking go out and buy. If you don't want to buy all the Luther records, buy this fucking first record, man. Fucking get it. Agreed. Yeah. Take back the streak. Exchange it for <laughs> Luther Vandross, please. There should be like a weapons exchange, like a weapons exchange. <laughs> exactly. You know, turn in your AK forty seven. Yeah, you know, same get with like some. needles and stuff. You go get fresh needles, you get a Luther record. And like like I want to see huge huge number spikes in in, in our, our Kiwi brothers and sisters and in in Denmark. Yeah. We could enforce that. That could happen because the of the get us. mo bump. Yeah. That's right. I like that Luther Ronzoni could just, you know, nail a, a soul ballad and also clean an ice hockey rink. Yes, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> he can't. Quietly multifunctional, just out there, just doing it. Like, because no one celebrates all the, the, the Ronzoni, you know what I mean? No one ever does. <laughs> no one ever supports it. They just, they're just happy that the game comes off and everybody stays safe and they don't fall into chip in the ice. Let's keep going here. Here we go. Ow! Oh, he went up into like a little like falsetto uh-huh. or something at the uh-huh. end of the verse. Bit, yeah. The way he handled that, so that I'm winning. Like the, the way he handled that little move around. Yeah. Fucking great. Don't add another word. Just fucking handle it like a pro. I have the feeling he could do like 75 different things on any line he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. mm, which one should That's I do? Right. You know? Yeah. He whips out at old number six on him. Yeah. yeah. How do you want it? Yeah. so great fucking good <laughs> really good Aaron <laughs> ah Luther God bless I was I was nodding through that last section just, <laughs> yeah in my own world going just agreeing <laughs> with it yes <laughs> oh man I was going yeah Luther yeah. yeah we all gotta be Billy dude Purple Rain Billy yeah <laughs> when you hear certain cuts this is just yeah, one of them cuts too. one yeah. of them cuts fucking Luther I want to get a goddamn sweatshirt it says Luther on it, it just says Luther that's it that's it. That's all you need. They say, are you a fan of the show? Yeah, but more LV. Ronzoni. People don't get it. They don't get it.
then I don't get them. Skedward just says Luther Ronzoni on it. Only the, the true heads will know. <laughs> this is Ronzoni. Is that a, uh, is it like the San Francisco treat? No, it's not the San Francisco treat. <laughs> no, it fucking isn't. <laughs> you shut up. All right. Well, look at that. It was a beautiful sorbet. Yep. I'm so happy we did this. We pulled it all together. We made it. Uh, what do you guys think? Should we do a couple more of these episodes? What the hell? Sure. <laughs> Got nothing but time. Why I'm not? Ready. I'm ready. <laughs> we do two a days. Remember that? Like football teams. Football. Fuck yeah, baby. Two a days. Three two a days, yeah. guys. No water. It's going to matter when it comes to playoffs. You got to handle you. it instead of hassling it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, look, we are the Gitmo Bros. We are the number one rockers forever. I wish everybody would stop telling us that we're not because it's just a fact of life at this point. It's obvious. Yeah. No duh. And uh, we are wrapping up episode 63. It was uh, it was torture, but then it was beautiful, like every episode. So I'm going to say goodbye to the listeners and look forward to seeing them on episode 64 next time. And I'm going to say goodbye to the boys right now. Goodbye. Groovy. Ear <laughs> and loathing. God hates the Gitmos. Take it easy. Lower it. I don't I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next time for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>